we are live. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the latest episode of the Tim King Show. It has been two weeks since we've been back here talking wrestling. We've done sports, did a little NFL talk. It wasn't on the Tim King Show, but it was right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And that's right. If you are watching live right now, please hit that like button. Go back and watch all the videos. Hit those like buttons. And hit that subscribe button. Please hit that subscribe button. We are doing big things, whether it's sports, wrestling, entertainment, every single day on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. So hit that like, hit that subscribe. And the website. Check out the website for all your sports, wrestling, and entertainment needs. All our video podcasts, all our audio podcasts, all in one place on bloodlinenetwork.com. So check it out. And if you saw the graphic, you know what we're doing today. If you don't, what we're doing is topic battle royal, but WWE style. And you know what we're doing, the Tim King show, wrestling style. I'm not alone. I'm bringing in my boy. Throw your ones up. Throw your two sweets up. My boy, Justin, from the In Time Wrestling Podcast. I've missed you. It's been 13 days. Hit me, baby. Dude, even if it's two weeks, it feels like it's been forever. And I have to say it right now because, holy crap, I haven't said it in a while. YouTube, the bloodline is now on your devices. I had to say it. Let's go. Ooh, all over the place, man. Yo, it's so good to see your face. It's so good for you to be back on the show, talk some wrestling. Like I said, we were just on a bit of a hiatus on the Tim King show. I wouldn't call it a hiatus. You've seen me all over the Bloodline Entertainment Network. We did the watch along for the NFL show. Streets and I did the re- NFL sh- re- review show. It was awesome. If you're an NFL fan, I'm not going to put myself over. But we reviewed it from an NFL on-field aspect, a regular fantasy football aspect, and a dynasty fantasy football aspect. So go and check that out for sure. And we do our AEW review shows weekly. So if you needed your fix of TK, you could have got it. So I've been all over the place with Justin. Baby, it is so good to see that face, your face. And like I said, we've been talking some AEW, but it's time to talk WWE. We had the WWE draft. We have WWE backlash coming up this Saturday. And this Saturday, live right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network, my Bloodline brothers and sisters are going to be live for Backlash Watch Along. And Thursday night, Live again right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Uh, Russell Bread, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. JT will be hosting her Bloodline Brothers for Backlash Prediction Show. So I'm stoked for this week, dude. We got so much WWE, and most importantly, that Drafts Wild. We got a new world championship belt. We will have a new world champion crowned at Night of Champions. We will talk about that. And if you're not familiar, you know how Topic Battle Royal goes. Justin and I will pick a topic and we'll talk about it. And we're just going to run it through. That's all WWE tonight. So if you're a WWE fan, be here. And Justin, before we go, the chat is popping. I want to say what's up. Devin, Clark Street, what's good? Throw your ones up for our tribal chief. Thanks for tuning in, my brother. Bakley, Cage My IQ. He just dropped his predictions right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network on YouTube. Go and check them out. His backlash predictions. Nick, the Universal Wrestling Podcast. What's up, brother? Him and Keith have been doing big, big things. They just reviewed night one of the draft. They got more videos dropping this week. Check out the Universal Wrestling Podcast. Their backlash predictions will be coming soon. Graydon, Ben Buster, the director's cut coming soon to the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Thank you for being here. I know he's going to be on, on Thursday night as well. 
Let's nice. see. Safely calling you the podcast. Who are we all know that we all know. <laughs> Yo, De Niro, what's good? The Wrestling Delorean podcast. Be sure to check them out on, on Spreaker for sure. And Monday night, Raw dogging with De Niro right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. It debuted last night. The last 30 minutes of Monday Night Raw, De Niro goes live. Breaks down the whole Raw episode and then watches the main event with you. Last night we had Seth Rollins or Solo Sokoa. Hell of a main event, and De Niro did his thing, baby. Loved it. Check it out. Go back and check it out. Justin's always looking meaty, man. He's a meaty man. That's why we do doing bangers and slappers on this. Bangers and slappers. My boy Streets in the house was good. Go check out Roto Slappers every single Monday night. Him and Big Texas killed it. Last night, go back and check out that replay doing week five fantasy baseball. Go back and check that out for sure. And Bakley is saying him and Justin are feeling that Grayson Waller effect, baby. Yeah, yeah. that Grayson Waller effect. That was awesome. He's big enough that they should have done that on the show. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And Dylan, Dylan A. Bear, World Elite Podcast, my brother, our graphic designer for all our websites that are all of our graphics that we're doing on the website. Plus he's been doing TK show graphics as well. So big stuff. Appreciate you, Dylan, for sure. And go back and check out his Mike Kyoto interview on the world elite podcast. Awesome. stuff, Justin, the chat was blowing up. Had to recognize the chat. Throw your ones up chat for sure. It's topic battle Royal time. And I don't know about you. I know what I want to talk about, but you're the guest. So I'm going to let you pull up whatever you want to talk about. Pick that topic and let's roll, baby. Uh, let's see. You know what? I want to talk about the new world title. I feel like we got to. It's got to be talked about. Like, okay. When they announced the title, I thought it was dope. I really did. But it was mm. like, look at that thing. Look at that. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Look at that thing, dude. And now we know it's on Raw. So there you go. So Justin wants to know who will win the Raw title. And look at that belt. So Justin, talk about it, baby. Talk about that belt. See, I, I just cannot still escape the whole, this title just still feels like a consolation prize. And that's the thing that still bugs me with it is, again, this title looks amazing. Like it literally, like if you couldn't get the original big gold back, why not have a title that looks just like it? And this thing looks just like it. It looks incredible. I know a lot of people were like, the logo in the middle is a little gaudy and it doesn't just like shouldn't be there. I think again, WWE likes to put their logo all over everything, and I think it looks great. The title looks amazing. My my main issue was how it got introduced still to this day. It's gonna be from here on out, just how it got introduced and just the position that it's in, how it just feels like it's always going to feel like a consolation prize because of the fact that they kept the two titles on Roman. And that's my big problem here with it. It's they, those two titles that Roman has means so much more than this title's ever going to mean. And it's just like, you could have had this thing have the same exact feeling of the WWE title if this was your replacement for the Universal Championship. Because there, again, it, it's reports and all that shit like that. And I understand, fuck the dirt sheets. We always say it because <laughs> everybody loves to say it. But there was that one thing that I just kept engraved in my head that said, 
Triple H was done with the universal title and wanted to bring back big gold. And then I see this thing and go, there it is. That was your perfect time to replace the universal championship with this, but you had to split the titles up. And now it's just there because you won't take the titles off of Roman. So we have to have a world title on television. And it just, it really sucks that it's come down to that situation because that title again should mean so much. And it's not going to because the other two main championships are always going to mean more than that. But it's like, I, I like that's, and that's the logic like side of me. If I'm putting that to the side, like I can't wait to see who's going to be the world champion. But again, like it just doesn't feel like it's going to mean so much because again, it's going to be that whole, yeah, cool. You, you won a world title, but it, like, is it's not beating the actual championships that mean something right now. This title's always going to feel like a second-rate prize right now, and it could have been a stronger feeling if it had just slid into the universal titles position, and then your titles were separate. This was it, and they were both on the same playing field. And now it's just like Roman's titles are here, and the world titles like here. And it just, it sucks right now because that thing should mean so much more. And it's, again, it's such an amazing looking title. And it just sucks because even Triple H's like whole entire segment to me just felt like an entire just shitting on everything. He's like digging in on Roman that he's not here and he's not defending the titles. He's just, and he went off on the, the entire roster saying like you're not good enough to beat Roman but here's a title for you guys because we ain't taking this title off of Roman and that's the shit that just bugged me so much about the whole thing because I just looked at it and I'm like that is not the way you introduce a new championship and expect people to get excited for it to be like eventually crowned on somebody when you're already downplaying it from the start Right. It, right. It sucked. It really sucked for that. And it's just like I want to care about the world title so much. So Justin, let me let me ask you then. So the way they introduced it, obviously, first of all, De Niro says, What a gorgeous championship. Looks like the attitude era WWF big e yes. the attitude era WWF big eagle conceived a baby with the WCW big gold. Yes, yeah, I it, like I that. It's gorgeous belt. That's a great description for sure. But, Justin, let me ask you a question. Obviously, you have an, an issue with the way Triple H announced the belt. Not particularly the way Triple H announced it, but the way that, um, they went about it before the draft. Had mm -hmm. he announced it after the draft? So, Roman selected the SmackDown. Cool. He's taking both of his belts. Hell, those belts are going to be merged into one championship. He's going to get a new title, too. But now we have a Raw roster. What does Raw need? Raw needs a championship. So, if Triple H then would have been like, hey – Raw now needs a world championship. We're going to have a tournament or a fatal six-way or whatever, fucking elimination-style gauntlet, whatever they want to do, and Night of Champions, and we're going to introduce this new world championship. Not because no one could beat Roman Reigns, but because of the fucking brand split. They're in fourth. You have a new champion, just like they're going to do on SmackDown with the tag belts, and we'll talk about that later. But would that have made a difference to you? Would the belts have meant more to you? See, that's so difficult because, again, how do you make a title that you introduce feel more like feel as and like on the same playing field as the two Roman has? 
And it's not. That's the freaking bad thing. Like, there was a time that would have fit perfectly for this to be announced, but I feel like it had to be when the titles were split. If that was how you would do it, that way it was going to be introduced and locked in on the same playing field as the WWE Championship. It meant everything. This is the title you want to compete for. And now it's just like, well, now I'm just competing for this title because... Hell, WWE ain't going to push me towards Roman. They ain't going to make me feel like I'm worthy enough to beat Roman. They've already just basically said that nobody's going to beat Roman. So we're just basically giving them a title to fight for while Roman just disappears. And that's a big problem with the whole thing. The title, again, had to be... I feel like WWE had their way out to fix everything. And that way, this world title would have had a great way to introduce itself if this was, this could have been right before the draft. Cause again, if Cody had won that title at WrestleMania and it split them up the night of on that, that raw at uh, after mania and had split the titles up and then triple H literally the next week introduces the world title. Now it's where is Cody end up? Cody ends up wherever the world title goes, wherever at that point after you could have drafted Cody to SmackDown, the WWE title stays on SmackDown. The world title stays on raw. So that means, there you go, Roman could still be on SmackDown when you drafted him, but it's just like, you're you're basically giving them a world title because you don't want to actually like commit to giving them the actual world titles. And that's just kind of the, the, the big issue with the whole thing right there. What about what Devin says here? Seth should be the first champion because it wouldn't feel like a secondary belt since Seth never lost to Roman. What are your thoughts on that? That still, to me, just feels like... Because, again, Seth beat Roman. That's not beating... Like, he beat Roman by DQ. And it's just like, he could beat Roman for those titles at this point. Not have to feel like, well, cool, we're not even going to bother attempting to push Seth to beat Roman. We're just going to give him this right now. And that, just like, no matter what, I don't know who you give it to. It just feels like no matter what, you're not giving anything to say you guys were worthy enough to face Roman. But, you know, that's just not how it feels. Everything just feels like the entire roster is getting downplayed. And it's just like, here's a world title for you guys anyway, because you ain't getting those world titles. So let's answer this question right now then, all right? I did a video right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Ten wrestlers who could be... The first Raw champion. What was the that? obvious answer? It, it's Seth Rollins. He he is more than deserves it. He earned it. The crowd reaction alone. Look at Triple H when he came out on Raw and announced him as a draft pick. All right, the crowd. He is the hottest act in WWE. Period. Right now, he more than deserves it. So, let me ask you a question. Okay, do you put the belts on Rollins? Do you put the belts on a guy like Finn? a new, a returning Drew McIntyre, or, and this is a two-part question that I want you to answer, okay? Cody. Cody should not be winning this belt, and I'll explain why, and maybe you'll explain why. So that's why I'm asking you the question. Should it be Cody, or Cody should wait for Roman? So who should who should win this belt, and should Cody wait for Roman? It should not be Cody winning this world title first. There's no way, because... Cody winning that world title does not complete the story. 
it does not complete the story. The story of Cody is the WWE championship. There is no, you give him the world title and say he completed the story because that's not how that goes. That's not how it's going to count. The WWE title is the one Cody needs to win to finish that story. That picture of Dusty in Madison Square Garden is him holding up the WWE title when he did not win it. Cody needs to win the WWE championship to complete that story. And that's my one thing that I wanted to bring up also with people where they're just like, well, they're just going to merge Roman's two titles together and make another title. At that point, again, that's getting rid of the WWE title. That's, again, keeping Cody from ever completing that story. Mm. And there's, again, I feel like, because, again, it's starting to get to the point where it's like, if Cody's going to actually face Roman, how are we going to get Cody to Roman now? If you have Cody win money in the bank, like I can't see Cody playing the sneaky like way. What if he wins it? What if, no, what if he just wins it, goes to SmackDown and says, hey, I'm cashing this briefcase in? Would that I be acceptable? I don't think he'll win it. That's no, the neither, thing. Neither do I. I don't either. But I'm just and that would just be a waste. That'd just be a waste of money in the bank to me. Like what, what about what about he wins the Royal Rumble again? Back-to-back rumbles, Shawn Michaels style, Stone Cold style. And then he goes, I am fucking taking you down at WrestleMania 40 this year in Philadelphia. My one big concern of that is you're pushing Cody too much to get to where, where you're kind of putting him out there to have the fans turn on him. And that's kind of my problem here. Like right now, we're on the whole if then that literally backs up the entire Cody's on the Cena route thing. And that to me is, you know, again, Cody's not John Cena. He doesn't need to go down this route and rehash that entire, you know, Cody's got to get through all this to get back to win the Rumble again to face Roman again at WrestleMania. Like the the whole thing at Mania, and I I still can't believe it's bugging me this much that it did because it just it still feels like again with the world title getting introduced, your opportunity to, again to put it on an even playing field was there at Mania. Cody winning and splitting those titles up and introducing it as the replacement for the Universal Championship was your way to put those two titles on the same playing field, and you just let it go because of this over-exaggerated freaking accomplishment of a thousand days, and it just, like, it bugs me with it right now, and it's it's still bugging me, and I don't know why it's still bugging me, because it's just like, I'm ready, I was ready for the, for the, 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 the title switch, I was ready for them, because especially with the draft, I was expecting them to actually split the titles that way each brand would have had their titles instead of just Roman holding the other two titles. Like, like it won't see. That's the thing. I don't like the whole, I don't think Gunther should win it just yet either. Like I, like I know you pick Seth. I'm picking, if I'm going to go with it, I'm going drew McIntyre. I'm going to put it out right now. I'm going drew McIntyre wins first. This gives drew the opportunity to finally write that wrong that he didn't get to win a championship in front of people at WrestleMania. Now he's going to finally get a chance to win a world championship in front of people, have a solid reign, and then eventually have him and Seth come face to face again with a feud. And you just have that whole thing where it's just like, you can tell a big story out of that where Seth comes out and just gets in Drew's face and tells him, listen, I've been busting my ass. I've been putting people over in the process. 
I've been building myself up. Listen to these people right now. I'm here because I haven't won a world title in so long. I'm ready to take the world title right now. And that's when just like Drew just comes spitting it out, like right back at him where it's just like, yeah, listen, that's cool and all. Like you've built yourself up big time. And I absolutely respect that. But I right now, like take it from my perspective here. I won a world title in front of absolutely nobody. I didn't get to enjoy my moment in front of anybody. Like right. I didn't get to enjoy my moment in front of anybody. And then by the time my title reign ended, it was still in front of nobody. So what I you're saying then, you so what you're saying then is leading me to my next question. And it's what I said in the video. And I don't know if you listened to it or not. Do you yeah. have Drew do this as a face or a heel? It sounds like you have him doing this as a super over, super over uber uber baby face. I feel like you can get them both to come face to face and have a match together as two baby faces. Cause I feel like if you build that whole story of, you know, if you build it up to where drew comes out here and says, I've had my moment now, but I, I, I still want to live in this moment and I am not letting you take this title from me and ruin that moment anymore. But you right now are just, and sets out here just saying dead set that I've been busting my ass to get back to the position where I was. I haven't held a world title in years the two stories right there, you just it just leads everybody to go, oh God, who do I actually root for? Do I which, is, which is why you put the fucking belt on Seth, in my opinion. You give the man yeah. his moment, okay? And then right away, right away, you heel turn Drew after the match, you go for a handshake, boom, he hits the fucking Glasgow kiss right in his face. Seth's getting up, he hits a claymore, he hits another claymore, future shock after future shock. Beats the holy hell out of him. And then he does get the belt right away. I put the belt then on Drew right away as well. I agree. Seth chases him. Nothing's better than the face chasing. I'll scream yes, it. Seth's I big die. chase. Seth's so big Drew. chase that title will be amazing. But if yeah. Drew, again, Drew is the roadblock to get to it. Oh, you got to give him a taste. You got to give him a taste. Yes. You got to give him a taste. Tell the story where he finally gets his moment, has a solid like three, maybe four month reign, Seth's busting his ass to get through it. Drew's busting his ass. And everybody just like, if you go into that match with everybody going, well, I don't know. This is really tough for me. I want Seth to win a world title, but I kind of want to stick with Drew because his moment was still big. And he doesn't, and he's just by what he said, makes me kind of want to side with Drew. But then it's just like vice versa. Like, I want Drew to retain, but I want Seth to win a world title because it's been so freaking long. Like, if you get all those people, like, if you get all the fans to just sit there and question, I think you got yourself an epic story, like, right there, where everyone's just like, I want Seth. But I kind of want Drew, but I kind of want Seth, but I kind of want Drew. Like, that is a fantastic way to go with it. Yeah, really quick, hit the chat up. Uh, what's up, Dom? Top of wrestling talk. What's good, fellas? You know what bothers you so much, Justin? Because it was a perfect down to a perfect story on both sides of Mania. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Nick agrees with you on the Drew side of things. Dylan says he wouldn't mind seeing Shinsuke Nakamura win it. Dom says at least Drew had a run. He'd love to see Shinsuke Pull that new title. Name the last Japanese WWE champ. Yokozuna doesn't count. Listen, I get it. And I think Shinsuke could be a, a guy who'd have a great feud with Drew McIntyre. Potentially could win the belt down the road. I think you got four guys, right? 
You got Cody, or well, you you have four guys, not not Cody. I'll talk about Cody in a second. You got Seth, you got Drew, you got Finn Balor, and you got Shinsuke Nakamura. Those are the four guys that title should be built around. Then you have Cody Rhodes. Cody should absolutely get to the semifinals of the tournament, and someone fucks him, all right? If it comes down to Seth versus Cody and Seth beats him, I'm fine with it because Seth deserves his day, but Cody needs to get screwed because Cody needs to get screwed and get screwed and get screwed and have obstacle after obstacle that we care about until he wins next year's Royal Rumble. Give it to Seth, as I just said, really quick. Uh, maybe it's three weeks Seth holds it. Drew wins it. Maybe Drew goes and wins money in the bank, as fucking horrible as that is. Huge waste. And just cashes in on Seth. Waste him, dude. Wins the belt. Takes it from him. <laughs> Biggest heel thing you could do. Just waste Seth. Seth chases Drew. You get some sort of huge main event at SummerSlam. Love it. I love the potential there. A lot of good talent to go for this belt. And since we're talking about good talent, let's talk about... The WWE draft, that, that is something I want to pull up. And the WWE draft was wild. I know a lot of people said it was boring. A lot of people aren't um, didn't really like the results of it. But let me pull it up right quick. So if you can see right here, I got the raw side of things pulled up. So as we were just talking about, the, the raw main eventers for that world championship, you're going to have Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre. I'd imagine Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor. Those are going to be the guys involved in that scene. Justin, looking at this, you have Rollins, Rhodes, McIntyre, Gunther, Matt Riddle, Shinsuke Nakamura, The Judgment Day, Bronson Reed, The Miz, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Imperium, New Day, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Viking Raiders from the women's side of things, Rhea, Becky, Trish, Indy, Natalia, Candice, Zoe Stark was called up, Zia Lee. Looking at this raw side of things, what stands out to you? Are there any feuds you're looking forward to? That's really tough. Like, it, it's difficult because, like, if if Finn Balor wasn't a wasn't a heel right now, I would love to see him and JD McDonough run it back. But they're both heels, which is really weird to me. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's really tough because I'm looking at just looking at the roster and I'm going, who do I want to see feud with who? Like, the only thing that really draws my eye here. Is is Gunther and Bronson Reed, two big ass men slapping me for the IC title? Uh, please give me those two. Give me those two for the IC title. Hell, let Bronson Reed be the one to dethrone Gunther, because that way we can get Gunther towards the world title. For God's sake, like he doesn't have to win it immediately. But if you build Gunther up enough to the point where, again, he's the one taking the world title off of anybody, and then Gunther goes on a tear again, that's huge. Hell, we could even have, we even have Alpha Academy. Since they're in the process of splitting that up, who wouldn't be against Gunther versus Chad Gable, for God's sake? That would be fucking nuts. Like Dom, Dom says, did you guys have a problem with Grayson Waller being the NFL equivalent of Mr. Irrelevant? Because that's the only problem he had. Yeah, I did, actually. I did have a problem with that, for too. sure. He should have been drafted on television. He's a star, a superstar. Yeah. And he is going to be a superstar in the future. He should have been on TV, for sure. Absolutely. The one that really kind of, like, uh, the one that really got me was Trish. 
Trish's draft to me. Yeah, unnecessary, right? Yeah, that one to me, like you could have done that like completely off screen for her because again, why is she even in there in the first place? Like clearly she's going to be on Raw because she's feuding with Becky, but she doesn't actually have to be drafted to Raw for this feud to happen. So right there, you basically took up a spot where you could have had Grayson Waller called up and it would have been on television. Right there. Yeah. Like that that's that's that. much more impactful for sure. Justin, looking at this mid-card division, the tag team division, the women's division, anything stand out to you? You know, everyone hates the the brand split for the tag teams, right? You got KO and Sami Zayn, you got Imperium, New Day, Braun Strowman and Ricochet, the Maximum Male Models, Viking Raiders, Alpha Academy, into Shares backup. I love that. Los Lotharios are there. What do you think about the men's tag division? The women's tag division. You got Liv and Raquel, Ronda and Shayna, Chelsea and Sonia, Katana and Caden. I love that. But also remember, Indy Hartwell was just called up. So you got Indy and Candace that could be a team. What do you think about the overall pick, uh, tag team scene on Raw? I mean, minus maximum male models and Indy share, I have to say the tag division on Raw's side looks pretty strong. You got Imperium. You got New Day. You got Strowman and Ricochet. You got Viking Raiders. I wish they'd actually do something with Viking Raiders instead of just making them, you know, job out to everybody. Los right. Lotharios. Can we fucking start using Los Lotharios, for God's sake? Angel and Humberto are fucking great. And I was so excited when they first put them together. Yes. Because I was like, yes, that's about damn time. And then they yeah. just completely fucking disappeared. And that's shit that irks me because they are a great tag team. So, yeah, I think Raw's tag division is actually pretty strong. It's actually good to see some actual tag teams right now for the women's side. But, again, how long does that last? Right. I'm going to give it its opportunity to see how long it lasts. Basically, we all kind of have the – strongest feeling that we kind of have we know where these titles are going to end up next and that's on ronda and shayna but again i don't see ronda and shayna really elevating that tag division right now because even ronda because ronda hasn't really done anything when she was a single star to elevate the women's division she was some of the worst shit we've seen on television right as late as of late and shayna baszler has been irrelevant for god knows how long so it's like how long are we going to – like, how does them winning the tag titles elevate that division? It doesn't at all. And that's, like okay. – it's good that the tag titles are there because it's weird with the whole – like, they drafted the, the NXT Women's Champion and the NXT Women's Tag Champions. Like, first off, that shit on uh, – when they did that – when they drafted Indy Hartwell, I was like, so why did she not drop the title if she was going to get called up and she was injured? There was right. no reason why right. she retained on Tuesday then. Right. She went to Tiffany Stratton right there. Crazy, like, bro. But it's cool because now we have all of the way on Raw. Yes, dude. I like the way, and I'm happy there. And I know a lot of people that I saw on social media are happy that Emma and Dana Brooke are on the same show again, because that way you can put them Dude, back together. Yes. And I'm so just like, all right, so fine. Are, you trying to, are you trying to insinuate that the tag division 
for the women will solely be on WWE Raw. Most of it, probably. Got I it. think I I have a I have a strange hunch. Oh shit! Okay, spoiler alert. She just did. To who? Who did she lose Wait, the belt what? to? I my yeah I, I I'm not watching NXT. I had to watch along on, and then I'll be honest, my kid wanted to watch Toy Story, so I, I put it on for him while I talk wrestling with my and Justin. <laughs> All right, well, fill us in, baby. If you're watching, fill us in on what happened on NXT. That. That's wild. Um. Anyway, so you got the way back together. I'm very excited about that. And I think this division in general, I'm or the show in general, the brand, I'm very excited for. I just talked about the main event picture. I'm excited for that. The Judgment Day and Imperium down the road, I'm excited for that. What I, what I do think is going to happen, though, I don't think Drew's not. I don't think Drew's going to be mixed up in the world title picture. I think he'll get in maybe like a double disqualification with Gunther. And, like, that spot will go to a vacancy, right? And whoever that they were supposed to wrestle will move on to the next round. Like a Finn Balor. Like, maybe it's supposed to be Balor versus Gunther or Drew, the winner. And that goes to a double DQ. Then Drew and Gunther go and feud over the Intercontinental title. Continue that from WrestleMania, which then gives us Seth versus Balor in the finals. Then that leads to Seth, KO, and Sammy feuding with the Judgment Day. So it'll be Seth and Balor for the world title, and we'll get KO and Sammy feuding with Damian Priest and Dominic for the tag team belts is where I think that we're probably going to go there. Interesting little idea there. I kind of like that. Yeah, because the Judgment Day gets a lot of TV time, dude. A lot of TV time. And I think Finn's going to be mixed up in that world title picture. And then Damian and, and Dominic are going to need something to do. So, And what are KO and Sammy going to do? KO and Sammy get big TV time. But looking at the roster, whether it's Imperium, Braun and Ricochet, the Vikings, I don't see who they're going to feud with right away. So who I think they could feud with, I think it's a pretty easy answer. I think it's the Judgment Day. And I think you kind of just mix that together. And Seth, Sammy, and KO with these guys, that's going to be really compelling television. Um, as far as the mid card goes, I like that Apollo Cruz is back up. Unlike you, I like oh, that Indy yeah. Share is back. I think they add a lot of depth. They're big guys. I like having those big guys there. You mentioned JD McDonough. JD McDonough could be a future member of the Judgment Day. Finn Balor, he, you know, Finn Balor is his mentor. He could join that group. I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. JD McDonough against Gunther will be fun. JD McDonough against Matt Riddle will be fun. You got other guys. I think Riddick Moss will probably get a push. You got the name change. You got him and Emma coming over. I love Katana and Caden coming up. They finally get the chance after how long. The women's side, or Shinsuke Nakamura too. Love Shinsuke Nakamura. I think he's going to get a really nice upper mid-card push. Don't quite think he's going to get the belt, but goddamn, I would love to see him mixed up in that picture somehow. On the women's side of things, I love uh, Rhea. Obviously, as a champion, staying on Raw. But I love her potential opponents. I'd love to see her smash Ronda. I love her and Becky is going to be SummerSlam. Cannot wait for her and Becky at SummerSlam. Because you got to think Becky and Trish is going to happen sooner than later since Trish was drafted. That'll probably happen at Night of Champions over in Saudi is what I would assume. So Rhea, Becky at SummerSlam. Let's go. Other women on the roster. We mentioned Indy Hartwell. We mentioned Candice LeRae. You got the way with Johnny and Index being back together. Absolutely love that. So I think the women's division is, I wouldn't say too hot, too top heavy, 
but they have a lot of depth. You got Tegan Knox there. You got Nikki Cross there. Piper Niven there. You mentioned Dana Brooke and Emma. So I, I really like this division. You got the Karens there as well. You got to love the Karens. Plus, who doesn't love what Lynn and Raquel is doing? Say it's not too top heavy, but Raquel is a superstar. So you easily could have that Rhea Raquel feud. You could easily go Rhea live again as well. So I'm really liking this raw roster, my dude. Let's go ahead and pull up the SmackDown side of things. And top of the line, obviously, the bloodline, Roman Reigns, but only with Solo Sokoa when he was drafted. Paul Heyman, of course, coming with them. You do have the Usos who, who were drafted on the Raw that came over as well. But I'm going to talk about the men's picture right here. It's a question I wanted to ask you, so we'll talk about it now. You got Roman Reigns. You got Edge, AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley, Solo Sokoa, Rey Mysterio, United States Champion, Austin Theory, Sheamus. L.A. Knight, Karrion Cross. You brought up Cameron Grimes. You got the whole LWO there with Ray Ray and Santos. Cruz Del Toro and Yoquan Wild. And now you got Selena Vega going for that Raw Women's Championship. I fucking love the LWO. Tag division, the Usos. You brought the Street Profits over together. Together, not separate. The, you got the OC. LWO is mentioned. The Brawling Brutes. Hero. You got pretty Bro. deadly called up. I love that. And you got Alba Fire and Isla Dawn called up. Um, I love what they're doing on the tags, tags and side of things. Women. Bianca Belair, SmackDown Women's Champion. I guess we're going to have to switch belts or figure that out. Charlotte Flair, Damage Control, Asuka, Zelina, Michin, Shotzi, Lacey, and then you got Scarlett, B-Fab, and Tamina. So looking at this roster, I want to know your take for the two-hour show and who is going to challenge Roman Reigns next. Give me his next couple of challengers. And Grayson Waller! The Grayson Waller effect, baby! He's going to down! So that's your boy. So talk to me about this roster and who you think will be the Tribal Chiefs' future feuds. I feel like you got like a lot of them and it, uh, sadly they're going to be a lot of like feuds he's already had like we're probably going to get edge again we'll probably get aj styles again we'll probably get bobby lashley again we could probably get ray mysterio again which i wouldn't be against roman and ray again right. sheamus it's already yes. happened again let's do that please Let's do that. Sheamus built yeah. himself up enough to actually say he should be in a world title match again. Right. Like Sheamus is over as hell right now. And you throw him against Roman, the crowd's going to be with him no matter what. I think you have opponents, but again, like it just feels like we're throwing opponents at Roman again. Like We're not putting anybody that's going to actually topple Roman. And that's, Kind of my one issue right there. Hell yes, Tribal Chief. Yes, I can't wait for AJ versus the Tribal Chief. Our Tribal yeah. Chief says, I can't wait for the OC versus the Bloodline, period. Because Oof. I'll talk about it when I'll talk about it when I talk. I got things. I got things. Justin, you keep saying what you got to say. But I, I think the opponents like lined up, even though they're just going to basically be thrown at Roman. Again, they're going to be some really damn good matches, especially Edge again, AJ again, Lashley, again, Ray, Sheamus. I think you got opponents, but again, how long do you have opponents before you start running out of them 
And then again, it's just going to be throwing opponents at Roman, which we all know he's going to beat them. So, like, I don't know. It's it's kind of tough to get really into the world title scene. I think the mid-card right now has fantastic freaking mid-card right now. They have a fantastic mid-card. Like, LA Knight, if you don't want to immediately put him in world title scene, you put him in the U.S. title scene right now. You got Theory running that right now. You got LA Knight. You got Karrion Cross. You got Cameron Grimes, like... Cameron Grimes finally getting called up is fucking awesome. About yes. damn time. About damn time. You get Santos Escobar if you take him out of the LWO and want to do some single stuff for a little bit. Like, you have him challenge for the U.S. title. That'd yes. be fucking awesome. Yes. Yes. I'm already fucking trying to pitch out fucking just giving Grayson Waller the U.S. title on his first night. <laughs> just put him on SmackDown and have him beat Theory at this point because... As far as I'm concerned, I love Austin Theory, but this U.S. title reign is fucking not doing it. It's really not doing it. Interesting. Interesting. But, like, I'm, I, again, I think their mid-card is strong as hell. Mm-hmm. The tag teams aren't the worst thing in the world. Like, you get the Usos. You got the Street Profits. You got OC, which is awesome. Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro. That's fucking awesome. I love those guys. The Brawling Brutes with Pete Dunne and, and Ridge Holland. That's awesome. Pretty Deadly. Listen, I haven't been the biggest Pretty Deadly fan at first, but they're growing on me so much now. Like, when they start, uh, they're a perfect addition to this tag team. Like, to this entire tag division. I love it. I think their tag division is freaking awesome. And again, I, there's a lot of good teams right there that I would like to see face Kevin and Sammy. So I'm all for that right now. They don't need Albert, to face they don't need to face Kevin and Sammy though. And I'll talk about that shortly. Alba and Isla though is kind of the one that got me still because you drafted them as tag team as NXT tag team champions. At this point I'm kind of not against Yes, Dom, to the moon. <laughs> Absolutely. Alba and Isla, at this point, I kind of want them to face live in Rock Hell. Unify the titles, but get rid of the NXT ones. And go back to the women's tag team titles floating across all three brands. I have been a freaking huge detractor to the women's tag team titles because they give no fucks to them at all. But if you actually care and put some damn attention into those tag team titles, go back to doing what it originally was doing in the first place, where it was floating across all three brands. There was no reason why NXT had to have their own set of tag team titles The only reason why those existed was because the main roster did not want to drop those and those main roster women's tag team titles to an NXT team. And that is fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. NXT women have proven enough that they can win those beat a main roster tag team at any point, come up on the main roster and face whoever at this point, I don't know who you put the titles on at that point, but I say do it. Unify them, drop the NXT ones, tournament, and just keep the main roster ones, and then 
go back to floating across all three brands. It'll actually give the women's tag team titles some kind of meaning. Because again, NXT is going to have the opportunity now with them losing a lot of their women's tag teams. They now have the opportunity again to start putting fresh faces on there, which means we can start building more women's tag teams and that way we can start getting them like the main roster one showing up on NXT again and actually doing something with these titles instead of constantly splitting teams up and having the freaking whole division feel like it's just two tag teams, one tag team, no tag teams at all. Like just go back to giving them some damn meaning already. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Women's division, I got to say, is strong to a point. I think you got good. You got a good piece in Meechin. Absolutely. Zelina Vega. I listen. I think Zelina Vega is highly underrated. She is great, and I am happy as hell that she's in the position. Yes, she didn't really do anything to actually earn the match against Rhea Ripley, but. I'm happy she's in that position. I'm happy she's actually wrestling more because why the fuck is it taking this long to get Zelina Vega back in a fucking ring? EO Dakota and Bailey, like, yeah, we know damage control is kind of just in the freaking slumps right now. They're not doing shit. They're kind of just losing a lot. But like it, it, it was a weird. The whole putting Bianca on the show, yeah, just me has really confused the shit out of me because I don't. Nobody wants to see a title swap. Nobody wants to see that shit, and it's dumb when you do do a title swap. At this point, I would say it's time to completely drop the brand exclusive women's titles. I think you have these matches. You should have these matches at backlash Bianca and EO and Rhea and Zelina Vega. And at that point, introduce new belts and have them not be color coded brand exclusive mm, I like that. titles that can switch brands and we don't have to sit there going oh god another fucking title swap like give them a wwe women's championship and a women's world championship so that way when the brand split fucking comes about again we don't have to go Oh, she's the Raw Women's Champion on the SmackDown show. We got to switch the titles quick because everybody loves to watch a game of handoff. Like I think I think it would mean I think it means a little bit more with Rhea and Bianca because that match is going to be a future WrestleMania main event. So once they finally throw down, so I think that exchange will mean more than Becky and Charlotte's real life bullshit being played out on TV, but I understand what you're saying. Give them both sexy new belts that aren't blue and red. Have them nice belts like a world championship belt should be. Mm -hmm. I get it. And I just want to give a shout out to Just Get Your Podcast in the chat. Thanks for tuning in, homie. He says shout out to 
Uh, on SmackDown, they got four Asian women. They're fine as hell, too. <laughs> hey, let's go. I'm with it. I'm with the Thanks for tuning in, my dude. But, yeah, for me personally, I like the SmackDown roster. So, you know, I, could, I, I probably sound like John Gruden calling Monday Night Football back in the day. But I like <laughs> it all. I think they did a really nice job of diversifying things, splitting things up. SmackDown's two hours. It doesn't need to be as top-heavy and stacked as Raw. But looking at this at this roster, specifically speaking, I have been begging for fucking Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley for I don't know how long. We are finally going to get the Tribal Chief and Bobby Lashley at some point, and that's a monster SummerSlam match. That's a huge Survivor Series match. So I cannot wait once we finally get that. We're going to get the Tribal Chief and AJ Styles again. We are going to have the Bloodline feuding with the OC. So we're going to have Roman and the Usos or the Usos and Solo. Basically what's going on right now with Cody, KO, or what happened with Cody, KO, and Sammy, and then Riddle, KO, and Sammy is now going to flip to AJ and the OC against Roman and the Usos. Roman's never there, so it'll be the Usos and Solo. But I cannot wait for this OC and Bloodline feud. AJ being elevated right back to the top of the card is going to be so important for the last and the last part of his career. And the way he came out on SmackDown showing everybody, hey, I'm here. Not, not just I'm here. My boys are here. And we got me chin with us. I love that. And speaking of it, I just said three on three, right? It could be four on four because as we know, Tamina's here. So maybe it's the bloodline even of the odds bringing Tamina in, having the first woman in that bloodline to oppose me chin. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. But you got me chin there, and I'm a big me chin fan. So I'd like to see her utilize a little bit more. Just as overall, overall SmackDown looks more as a wrestling show than Raw. I can see it. It's very reminiscent of what, reminiscent of what happened in 2016 when they split the rosters. And I'll, and just like they did in 2016, Justin, that's where I was going. Tag team championship tournament. You said you have plenty of teams here who can go after KO and Sammy. I've been screaming to anyone who would listen to me. You could split these tag titles up just like you could split the world titles up. You have enough tag teams on your roster. And just like we said on, with Raw, look at these tag teams. Usos, Street Profits. Street Profits ain't held the belts in how long? How long? How close are they? How many times are the Usos? And if you're not breaking them up, why not have them as the inaugural SmackDown Tag Team Champions? You got the OC. Yo, Gallows and Anderson haven't done shit since coming back. They came back. They signed the big deal. They sat in catering because AJ was hurt. What if it comes down to the OC against the Usos? And, hey, AJ doesn't beat Roman, but what if Gallows and Anderson walk out as the inaugural SmackDown Tag Team Champions? Huge for their careers. Huge. The LWO, Cruz and Wild, putting those LWO shirts on, raised their stock so much. And they're great in the ring. The Brawling Brute, Ridgey, fucking Butchie. Come on, dude. <laughs> that is such a fun squad. You put the belts on them, who's going to complain? Hit Row. All right. They're, they're, they're lower talent, and I'm fine with what they do. I'm a big top dollar fan. I still don't know what Ashanti the Adonis does. Not pretty. Not. Deadly, though. Pretty deadly. Bro, I love pretty yes, deadly. They're there. They can be an entertainment act as first. They could be wrestling act if you want them to be wrestlers. They're very, very good in the ring. But I just see, like, pretty deadly having these little segments with uh, Hit Row in the back and being funny. I'm having segments with L.A. Knight. Karrion Cross is there. 
The guy came out when he debuted and he fucking put the hourglass there for Roman Reigns. And he has had the most lackluster stead since he has been back. I am hoping and praying that something happens to this man. I hope he beats Nakamura. He won't. Nakamura is going to beat him on Friday night before Backlash. And then he needs to, like, reassess. I got really excited yesterday because I had thought that uh, Zion Quinn was drafted to SmackDown. And you're like, the fuck is Zion Quinn? He's just a guy on NXT. He's got a really good look, a cross-esque look. Just so happens that in real life, they're friends. Scarlett and his what in his I don't know if they're married, but Scarlett and his girl, his girl is Harley Cameron over on uh you know QTV over there with QT Marshall. They're friends in real life. So I'm like, hey, you bring Zion Quinn up, you give Karrion Cross some muscle, then Cross goes maybe after the US title. Like there are too many mid-card heels, is what I'm looking at. So you got Austin Theory as a US champion, then you got LA Knight, you got Karrion Cross, Grayson Waller. A lot of these guys are the same. What I want to see is what you said. I want to see Santos Escobar versus Austin Theory. I want Escobar to win that U.S. title because then that gives it legs. You could have Escobar feud with Waller. You could have Escobar feud with Grimes. Escobar feud with a cross. And maybe cross gets it. You know, I we bitch all the time about title hot potato over in the other company. And we're not yeah. talking about them tonight. But I wouldn't mind if they play title, title hot potato with that U.S. title just momentarily if it meant going from theory to escobar to like knight to cross to waller and all of these guys kind of got their shine in the mid card and yo 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 what's up marcus world elite podcast great great interview well mike kyota for sure brother but that's my take on the men's thing in the mid card and the tag team titles women's side of things yo 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 what have i been asking for for years Bianca and Charlotte Flair, let's go. Ever since Bianca told her, you don't go here. I've wanted this on the main roster. Bianca, since then, has become a top five women's wrestler of all time, all right? She has elevated her track to top five women's wrestler of all time. Bianca and Charlotte Flair, SummerSlam, sign it the fuck up. I don't know how you save it for WrestleMania. Could you save it for WrestleMania? Sure. But, yo, Bianca versus the Queen at SummerSlam, Let's go. That's what I'm doing. Until then, obviously, you got Bianca and Io coming up. Bianca's clearly going to win that match. Asuka, that was the common denominator here. Asuka was drafted to SmackDown. Asuka will turn heel, become vicious, and we will get a Bianca-Asuka feud. And I look forward to that. And that, that's what will fill the time until Bianca versus Charlotte. Unless they pull the trigger on Asuka, which I really do not think they're going to do. But overall, looking at these two rosters, I'm with it, man. I'm with it, and I'm really excited for the feuds that we talked about and the potential feuds that the WWE is going to go ahead and put forward. We do have a couple free agents. Brock Lesnar, Omas, Baron Corbin, Zion Quinn, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, Dolph Ziggler, and Von Wagner. Brock, I understand. That's fine. He should be a free agent. Brock comes and goes. He picks and chooses who he wants to fuck with. Omas? The fuck is Omas a free agent for? Baron Corbin. I, I, I don't understand. I think Elias is a free agent too. Yes. Just Are these guys free agents because they don't know what to do with them or because it's part of a story that they're actually trying to tell? I don't even think it's a story. 
I think it's just people they don't know what to do with, minus, you know, Brock Lesnar. But again, like, the minute they announced free agents was an immediate just red flag to me because that just completely goes against the entirety of what the draft is. The draft is drafting people to your brand, not leaving free agents like this. It's just, it's so weird to me. Like, drafting Brock to Monday Night Raw would have made the most sense because it's not like Brock only challenges for world titles. So the only thing that makes sense is him getting drafted to Raw because he can challenge for the world title. Right. What fucking sense? Like he, it's the only thing that made sense to me. Like I don't know why he's even bothered to be a free agent. Omos being a free agent, uh, fucking why? Nobody wants Omos on either show. Like who gives a shit? Baron Corbin <laughs> again. I like. Listen, I've been fifty fifty with Baron Corbin for the longest time, and I'm still in that boat. There's times Baron Corbin where I look at him and go, "Yeah, I like this Baron Corbin." Then there's times I look at Baron Corbin and I go, "Get the fuck off my TV." Zion Quinn, like, I think the dude's all right. He still just feels kind of iffy yeah, sometimes. You're like, who the fuck is Zion Quinn? Dude? I know. I've seen Zion Quinn. And there was, like, a time in NXT where I looked at Zion Quinn and I go, dude was doing solid. He's but got a good a look. While, Doesn't he have a good look, dude? Like, yes, he's got a, he's got he's got a great look. look. And yeah. even, like I said, he was on point for a little bit in NXT, but after a while, he just fucking Houdini disappeared. And, and then he, he just leveled up. On. He leveled up and level up. And that's all he did was level up. He was on fucking main event wrestling on main event. So it was like, what the fuck was the point? It's like, they knew, they knew what their one fucking drawing point to Zion Quinn. They were like that dude right there. Look at that guy. And they knew what they were going for. Cedric and Shelton, why are they not drafted to a brand? Why are we not fucking utilizing them as a tag team, for God's sake? SmackDown's tag team tournament. Isn't it, like, you know, the perfect thing that you could have done? Just put them on SmackDown and the tag... I mean, they haven't announced it yet, but you know they're going to have new tag team titles that the Usos need to win, and then we're going to get the friction in the bloodline because the Usos ain't going to win them. Keep going, my dude, my man. Oh, man. MVP, like, we get it. He doesn't wrestle. He's Omos's freaking manager. Again, who gives a fuck about having Omos? He's Brian Baron Nightwell. I like that. That's what I'm talking about right there. Baron Corbin is Baron Nightwell. There you go. Comment of the that night. Man. What's up, my shy town brother? What's up? Thanks. He's, been, he's in that phase where he'll put you to fucking sleep. Absolutely. He needs to turn face. He needs to turn face. I said it for a long time, but I don't got to see someone. If there's somehow a way because after that freaking like ovation he got in France, why is he not a babyface at that point? But I digress. You don't he's, heal, he's gonna heal for eight years. You gotta turn exactly. at some point. Character development. Try some try something different at this point. Dolph Ziggler, again, why is he not drafted on a fucking brand? Why is he not drafted on a brand? Mustafa Ali's in that list. Why the fuck is Mustafa Ali not drafted to a fucking brand? I don't like, see. He went to NXT, but like, look at, look, look at this right here. I mean, you know, this Cedric and Shelton would have fit in perfectly yes. in, in this tag team division right here. Dude. Yes. You could have had them in, in then Omos too. You could have just put Omos on this show and you could have just ran whatever fake, fake or new or non-existent hurt business you wanted to run. But Omos being a free agent 
I'm gonna go to Raw. I'm gonna, you know, you know what MVP is gonna do with Omas. I think it's gonna be a part of the story. I'm gonna negotiate my big monster Omas. Watch Omas be the guy who's gonna wrestle Roman in Saudi at Night of Champions. Watch him be the guy. Watch him be the guy. Again, we always say oh, on the show, all over the blood. <laughs> never fuck the dirt sheets, but a dirt sheet reported that <laughs> creative scoffed at the latest Vince McMahon idea for who should challenge Roman. Who are they scoffing at? It's got to be Omas. Does that mean Omas beats Seth? God, I hope not. Seth has to stomp his head. But MVP could just go and be like, hey, I'm negotiating the monster Omas' contract. He's going to come to Raw, SmackDown. Since you guys signed him on SmackDown, you guaranteed him a title shot. I'm cashing in on it at Night of Champions. Could you imagine and then what else we got here? Elias. I know that you didn't put Elias on the list, but Elias, you know, dude's been him and Boogs. Around. They're perfect. Why? Why? Like, what, what the hell? They would have been a great tag team. And then, of course, you know, Von Wagner, the Geico caveman, the prehistoric Pete, freaking Fossil Fred, as Ritter calls him, and all those other names. I fucking love it. But, you don't think you could have found a spot for Von Wagner on this show somewhere on the low mid card, maybe like a. Why would, want, why would you want Von Wagner on your show though? That's the thing. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't appeal to me, man. He has like zero fucking interest whatsoever attached to him. Like, he just doesn't radiate anything. He's just this big, tall guy that just comes off fucking like he comes off Baron Corbin like to me. Oh, what? there he is. Oh, President. President. What's going on, you sexy suds? It's Taco Nipple Tuesday. You better believe my wife better be bringing me some tacos home tonight. It's Tuesday. You know she better be bringing those tacos. What's up, El Presidente? Hope you had a good day at work. Says J-Man Nipple Mania running wild. Nice to see you, our president. Tino. Tino's time. Tino. Round of applause. Like I say it all the time when you pop in. Hardest working man in the industry seven days a week, all day and night. His graphics must take him hours to do. But, yo, a 1,000, 1,000 subscribers. Throw it up for Tino. Great stuff, kid. Isaac, my brother, go check out his channel. He's always doing his YouTube, WWE World Go 2K23. Check it out. What's up, man? Thanks for tuning in. And Brian says, is it me or does SmackDown have stronger have the stronger of the two rosters? Again, used to be the other way around. It was treated as blue as a stepchild, even though it's been the better brand for 20 years. Yeah, I think I think SmackDown's got a very, very nice. I think SmackDown's got a very, very nice uh roster for their two-hour show. I think there will be more of a wrestling brand. They still have an entertainment side. They got Roman there. They got the bloodline. Of course, they're gonna seem better. Oh, they got, you know, they got Roman there. They got the bloodline there. So that that the Roman and the bloodline story in and itself could occupy 25, 30 minutes of his show. And then everything else, as we just said, we could play hot potato with that United States title. That mid card is so deep. They can easily have a tag team title tournament. Man, I, I love it. I love it for sure. Brocast, what's up, Tom, in the future what is going on my brother thank you for tuning in for sure man tino says it means so much no man you're killer man great 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 job dude ivan says who the hell wants von wagner no charisma still needs to be developed <laughs> in nxt 
for Ali going to NXT is not a bad move to reinvent himself. No, man, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. I think it's a great move for Ali and for Aaliyah. Aaliyah was sent back down there too. He's literally just the guy that everybody likes to meme a lot because he said fucking come Tuesday and that was it. <laughs> like, that was it. I, he's a big guy. It's like we were talking about with Zion Quinn. He's got a look, all right? If you could build a guy with him. They showed him the first night when NXT went to 2.0 and they debuted him. I went and he was in that fatal four-way for the NXT title. I go, all right, he doesn't, he's not the worst, but it's like watching him more and more over time. He just got more and more fucking boring because he just kind of came out there like he was trying to film a fucking Geico commercial. And I was just waiting for the freaking sound effect that says freaking you could save money on your car insurance. And I was just like, wait a minute, I'm fucking like ready to crash with Von Wagner on my screen. <laughs> Yo, I feel you. Yo, what's up, Kyle? Apron Bump, go check it out, dude. Yes. Kyle, just, <laughs> Kyle just did an awesome tournament of his favorite wrestler. Best wrestler, he he, he described it, whether it was best or his favorite. I was still kind of confused. But I got to get a real good feeling about who Kyle liked as wrestlers, and I was kind of surprised as the tournament went along. So go over to the Apron Bump, check it out. It was, it was a lot of fun, and who wouldn't want to look like Zion Quinn? I mean, I can speak Bro. for Justin and say, both of us, oh. we looked like oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Brian says, Hey, Dad, this question, but how many potential draft busts do you see for 2023? But also, how many draft steals? Mm. Mm. Spinning the uh, the NFL aspect of it, how many busts, how many steals? So, you had 18 NXT call ups. You know, you had Katana and Kaden, Elba and Isla, you had Grayson Waller, you had JD McDonough. You had some serious call-ups in the Hartwell of those pe- Odyssey Jones of these of those people. Do you think who, who's going to succeed? Do you think anyone's going to fail? Obviously, under Vince, it was a heavy ha- Cameron Grimes. Under Vince, there was a high fail rate. What do you think the success to fail rate? Who's going to be a bust, Justin? Who was going to bust on Triple H's main roster? If we're not counting the free agents, which I guess at this point we're not counting free agents. Here, I would say the only people I can really see not really living up to anything is probably going to be into share. They're probably not going to do a fucking thing. I'm you, sorry. You Dish. hate them. You hate them. No, so I, I, no, that's because I fucking hate Jinder Mahal. Okay. There is zero reason still to this fucking day why that man won the WWE championship. And I mean that with a in Chicago, Chicago of all places. And then, and, and Odyssey Jones. Listen, I like the guy. He is a fucking ball of energy, but there's just something about him that I look at him and go, I can see people liking him, but I can see them freaking absolutely doing nothing with the guy. And that's the disappointment, like, right there. And I think he's, uh, yeah, I still think he's kind of, you know, he still needs a little bit of work. I think maybe he got called up a little too soon. But if he can make it work on the main roster, I would say let him give, like I said, give him a shot, see if he can do it. But I just, I have a feeling he's not going to really live up to much on the main roster. Yeah, I think the problem with him is a lot like we talked about with Zion Quinn. 
they come out, they get a quick build, win a couple quick matches, and then they're on level up. Or they're there to elevate one of the next um, top talents in NXT, which is cool. You need guys like that. Do I think he was brought up too early? I don't. Like you said, he's a big ball of energy. He's a low, he's he's a low upper card guy, and you need low upper card guys. And I'm cool with that. Devin says, one of my favorite moments of gender shock yeah. in the world. And listen, I got no problem with it either. I had no problem with it. Don't hinder the gender. Do you know why? Did you see that man when he came back? And I don't care how much HGH he pumped into his body. To look like he looked when he came back, what he had to do in the gym was unprecedented. And sure, am I saying that you have to put the, the belt on a muscle man? No. But he went through the system. He put the grind in. He was there for 10 years. He got fired. He went out. He got swole, swole, swole. Came back. He had swag. He had personality. He had charisma. I love Indus Share. Two big boys with the meaty gender leading the way. Do I think they should be tag champions? Do I think he should be U.S. champion? No. But I think they could be a solid mid-card unit. And they could take on other teams. I think that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against Indus Share on Raw would be a fun match. I think Alpha Academy against Indus Share would be a fun match. You wanna know what's the bad thing? Here's my thing with Indus Share as a like not even as a whole, because I've already said my piece on gender, and it will always be that same thing. Indus Share to me, when I first saw them, I go, guys are fucking they're some big guys. So I'm interested. You know, can we get a solid, really good tag team like you know, authors of pain? And I was like, okay, Indus Share shows up. And they're fucking massive. And I go, this should be interesting. Can we get that level of tag team? And they were fucking boring, dude. They put me to fucking sleep the first time I saw them. And then they kept showing up on TV. And they were still boring me to shit. And then it's like the whole thing where they broke up and Sangha was by himself. And there was just something about Sangha by himself that I looked at him and I went, I can see him being likable. There was something about Sangha that was just like, he, you can't tell me nobody would like him because he came off just incredibly like he had that mustache going on. He was pulling the ladies in with the mustache. Like, come on, it's a big hairy fucking man. But he was like, <laughs> there was something about him that he was fucking interesting and he was actually enjoyable to watch. And then they threw him back with Veer. And I went, dude, come on. Like, just as I was getting into Sangha, and then you put him back with fucking Veer to make him boring as sin again. Come on. Like, that's my big beef with Indus Share. They just bore me to fucking tears, dude. So what would all right? So what would you do then with them? I, I like Indus Share. I think they're a good depth, solid depth piece, like Bakley said. Kyle says Indus Share just strikes him as a less impressive version of yes. AOP. As you oh, just said, I, I could see that. We're looking at a team on the screen right now called the Viking Raiders. Their heels right now are supposed to be, you know, badass mid-card heels. I think the Viking Raiders are better suited as faces, to be honest with yes. you. And they could have a nice feud with an Indus Share. And in this year, maybe with Braun Strowman and Ricochet, can hold weight for like six weeks. And that's why I, I really like this tag division, bro. I think there's a lot of depth in this 
raw tag division, and I hope they build it up well. But I agree. As far as uh, the women's call-ups go, you got Indy Hartwell, Zoe Stark. I absolutely love Zoe Stark. Talk about workout animal in the gym. Plus, she's fucking great in the ring, dude. Love Zoe Stark. Yes. I love Zoe Stark. Like, I'm still disappointed she never won the NXT women's title at least once. Yeah, I thought if she stayed, maybe because she was going to be called up. You know, that's why Katana and Kanan got called up. Alba and Isla got called up. Let's see anyone else. No, it's looking like it's about it. So, you know, those are the women that got, got called up. Of, of all of those women, do you think there's any one of those that are going to fail? Do you think any one of those are going to stand up above anyone else? Uh, I don't know. Like, I think, again, I think they have pretty good depth on both sides when it comes to the tag division. And yes, Bakley, yes. Big time. They're a great tag team. Vinci. Please push Vinci and Kaiser. My God. Also, a little bit of a disappointment. They swapped commentators, or ring announcers too now as well. They put Samantha Irvin on Monday Night Raw. Mike Rome is over they on SmackDown. They sent her with her fiancé. It makes sense. Yeah. I wish I just kept her as the permanent ring announcer because Mike Rome doesn't do it for me anymore. She I is, was she is great, dude. She, she is great. Quite possibly, we, we don't have since we don't have Lillian Garcia anymore, which I fucking love Lillian Garcia. Can I just say that right now? But Samantha Irvin is maybe the best women's ring announcer we have right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe ever, ever, dude. Maybe ever, ever. Like, she Dude, is. She gets it here to the throat, to the heart, and back through the mouth, dude. Like I, oh, I did, I'd love to scream it right now, but the whole neighborhood would hear the way she do I it. Like watched oh. her intros for the WrestleMania match with Roman and Cody, and the way mm. she put the fucking grit in her voice every time she does the intro for Roman. I go, Jesus Christ! I could listen to her on fucking repeat, dude. Bingo, Kyle. She, wow, that's a hell of a since the thing. She knows how to use her. <laughs> Ricochet's the only one who knows. I mean, if you know, you know. <laughs> Gunther be like traitor to Raw. Yeah, of course. He does the Gunther better than anyone. If that the came Intercontinental out, Champion. If that came out, if that came out as a story that Gunther personally fucking recommended that she be over there for his for his introduction every time, that would be fucking awesome. I'd be like, I love Gunther even more now that he wanted her over there for that. Dude, hell yeah. And Zoe Stark versus Rhea. Oh, sign me up. Zoe oh, is just God. a worker. I don't know. I don't know if Zoe will ever hold a women's championship, maybe a tag belt with Natalia one day or something. But Zoe Stark is a worker. I can't wait to see her go to work in the ring. Brian says, amen. Haven't heard a ring announcer this good since Melissa Santos. Oh, my God, Melissa Santos. shit. She is fantastic. And now Ricochet is on a brand with his ex and his fiance. Yep, that's true. That's true. It's not going to get off at all. Don't worry. It's got Casey and Samantha. What a problem. What a problem to have. But, yeah, man, that was a draft, and that's kind of what we we booked, what we think might happen, what we think they might do going forward. 
And let's let's move on to the next topic, shall we? First, Jordan, what's up, World Elite Podcast? What's up, my brother? Hope you are doing well, kiddo. And I think I think we hit every topic we wanted to hit inside the draft. So we hit what happens with Cody. We hit new feuds we want to see, new titles, um, who will win the Raw title. We talked about the drafts. So, I mean, brother, that just leaves us with one topic. But inside the topic, there's a bunch of topics. That's right. <laughs> WWE backlash picks, preview, predictions, whatever it is that you want to call it. So we're going to play Topic Battle Royal inside of it like we do. We got Seth Rollins versus Omas, Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes, Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest, the Usos and Solo Sokoa against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle, Rhea Ripley versus Alina Vega, Bianca Belair versus EO Sky, and Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed. Will we talk about every match? We will predict every match. Will we deep dive into every match? Probably not, which is why we're playing Topic Battle Royal, and we're going to talk about the topic, and I will always leave it up to my brother first. Pick a match. Let's talk about it. You know what? Let's get the freaking elephant in the room out of here, and let's just talk about the absolutely fucking pointless Seth Rollins and Omos. Get it. <laughs> All right, cool. Justin, before we talk about that absolutely pointless match, let's answer this question from Brian Cook for sure. And there's no pointless questions asked away, my dude. Really appreciate you being here as always. He says, one more question. I promise, if you guys ran your own wrestling promotions, who would be the blue chip wrestlers you would build around? Ooh, man. Oh, man. So that is such a tough question. So, like, if we're just talking about, like, first overall picking the draft – I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say what Arn Anderson, I know I was trying not to bring up the show, the other show, but I'm going to say what Arn Anderson said the other day on Dynamite. He said when he walked around the whole AEW locker room, he looked at 150 wrestlers. He saw Wardlow and said, you're my guy. You're the number one draft pick. You are the blue chipper. I look at both promotions and I see that sexy beast Wardlow. That might be my (laughs) That might be my first pick overall. I teach that guy just a little bit more talking skills. I go and manage that guy, all right? And that guy is to the moon, all right? God, I hate to say it, but I think it's Wardlow. The women's side of things, it's Rhea and Bianca. Like, it ain't even ain't even a thing but a chicken wing. It is Rhea and Bianca all fucking day. And I think men, I think I'm taking my big meaty board lady and Gunther. Gunther, Gunther might be first pick, actually. It might be Gunther and then Wardlow. But those are my guys. Justin, what about you? That is so tough. Like, mine and feel Brian, like and Brian, what about you? I'd like to hear your answer as well. Mine, I feel like, would be completely outside of just WWE because there's so many, like, really young guys that I would just be like, I want to build around those guys. Like, if I could snag, like, Blake Christian and just start building shit around him, because, you know, the, the big underdog, like, everybody fucking thinks he's fantastic. You could build around the young guy like that. Take Ricochet, build around him if you wanted to. Like, I want to see more from Ricochet so bad. What about, like, what about, you just named two guys who are the exact same as another guy who's better than both of those guys. What about... What about Billy Goat? What about Will Ospreay? The type of promotion you're building seems perfect for him. 
that guy, dude. Will Ospreay. Oh, see, look, look at Bakley. He in my he's in my head. The exact same. Let's thoughts. go, Bakley. Well, shouts to Will Ospreay, man. That guy is something else. Seems he for is, a promotion that you're trying to build. He seems perfect. I mean, how could you not build anything off Osprey? If you have Osprey as your fucking lead guy, you you build around him. You got fucking you're off to the races with it. Women, it's that's tough. That's a tough one because there's so many fucking awesome women's wrestlers that you could build around, uh, build a division around. Honestly, I'd kind of go with somebody who just recently left Impact. And that's Jordan Grace to me. Build around Jordan Grace. She is freaking powerhouse, dude. I fucking love Jordan Grace, man. She... Like, if she, uh, if WWE picked her up, I'd be fucking mind blown right now because adding her to a women's division is fucking huge, dude. And, Mm. but if she's the focus of a women's division, that's pretty fucking awesome. Like, you get fucking thick mama pump as your fucking big fucking obstacle that you're building towards. Shit, I'm all for it. That's what that's what Keith from UW Pod's been screaming about. Get her over there to be the one to beat Jade, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I do, I'm a big Jordan Grace fan. She'll have to uh get off that HGH though if she's coming over to the big show, just like Braun. <laughs> so I'm sure we're gonna see Braun's muscles start withering away here sooner than later. No <laughs> doubt. But Brian, if you're in the comments, I'd love to see who you want who you would build around for sure. But let's talk about it. Backlash. Seth Rollins versus Omos. Raw side of things. Seth Rollins was drafted as the Raw number one men's draft pick, basically, on the Monday night draft side of things. Omos is a free agent. As I just spoke about, I think it's going to be because MVP. This one will actually be storyline-wise. MVP will go show to show, trying to negotiate a contract for his big monster. So, does that mean Seth Rollins wins or Omos wins this match? I don't fucking think so, dude. No way in hell. Omas just lost to Brock. Omas lost, Omas lost to Bobby. There's there's no way. And the guy, Bakley, this fucking spoiler. <laughs> he's going to put the odds in the chat. I guess we'll put, we'll, we'll put him up if he's putting them out there. So, Bakley says, Seth Rollins is a minus 1,000. For those of you who don't know, it means if you put down $100, you would only win 10 bucks. If you put down $10, you'd only win $1. Like, what? It's not worth it. So, Seth is a heavy, heavy favorite. As he should be. Yes. See, Brian says, um, really quick as an answer. I was trying to figure out that, that the question or the answer to that question. Wardlow, Gunther, Ricky Starks, Ricochet, Zach Saber Jr., Will Ospreay, Jay White, MJF, Jade, Jordan, Mercedes, Rhea, Bianca. Yo, Brian, you should write an article for bloodlinenetwork.com. I'll publish that for you. It sounds like a nice list. Just <laughs> uh, I think Omas wins things to Drew. No, why way too? I'm I'm all with that as I've been screaming about that, but not yet. It's too early. It's too early. All right, Jay, talk about it, brother. I when they announced this match, I was disappointed. I was like, first off, you know I'm not the fucking biggest Omos fan. I can't stand watching the guy. He bores me to absolute fucking sleep. 
But like, that's a lie. Why is this a fucking match, dude? Why is this a match? What the hell was the freaking reason that we had this? They didn't give us anything. They just had that one interaction on Raw, and that's what we're going off of. I'd like an explanation as to why I have to suffer through. That is absolutely a lie right there. That is a fucking lie right there. Are you sure? God, no, absolutely not. I know, I know our I know our boy Nick from the Universal Wrestling Podcast. He's an Omas Sapien as well. I will never be an Omos sapien. Absolutely not. But why is this happening? We made fun of this. Me and my brother made fun of this the whole time. Just because why, like, what is the fucking explanation as to why Omos and Seth Rollins is the, is the match we're having at Backlash? What the hell happened? Did Seth sit down in Omos's seat in fucking catering? Did he steal the last bagel with cream cheese? And Omos was like, I wanted that one, damn it. Like, <laughs> what the hell? What Yo, happened? what's up with this? Bakley, why keep booking Omos to lose these pay-per-views? One in eight. Oh, my God. Maybe one in nine, because there ain't like, no what? fucking way. You got to build the guy. If you want the guy to be the big show who takes the loss, you got to build him to be the big show first. Big <laughs> show came in. He fucking fucked with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He won a title. Like he's man. building, you're building Omos less than the big show. That says a lot. One says eight for Christ's sake, dude. Nah, and Isaac's screaming, This is all Vince. Listen, listen. I, as I said earlier, the dirt she called it in. He wants Roman, Vince wants Roman's match to be a certain match. It's probably Omos. Who knows? We don't know. You know, we don't know. We're not there. We, just because a guy called Sean Ross Sapp and says X, Y, and Z doesn't mean Vince is actually in charge. Now, based on the sale to Endeavor, do I think Vince is actually around? Yes. Yes, I do. But we cannot sit here and dwell on, is it Vince? Is it Triple H? Because you know what? As I've said since day one of Triple H's run, run, he will make mistakes and he will fuck up. So just because it's something that you don't like doesn't mean that Vince booked it. Triple H is human. They have 150 people on this roster he has to book. Mm-hmm. At some point, guys are going to fall through the cracks. Now, do I think this could be Vince? Hell yes, it could be Vince, based on everything I've seen my whole life. But could it just be like, Seth got nothing to do, I need to book someone? Nah, fucking I'm wrong. It's Vince. Keep going. See, I, uh, I, I, I just want Seth to win it because it gets Omos off of my TV screen faster. But like, honestly, I have seen multiple people talking about Omos winning because first off, have this actually be Omos and Roman at night, at night, a champ as your night of champions match. There's Romans 1000 days. It's not doing much having him really beat Omos because fucking Omos has been absolutely a waste. He's literally lost so much. He has no credibility left. Seth really losing right now to Omos doesn't really hurt him that much. He's not going to fucking plummet to losing to Omos. If you need to get a throwaway match, because honestly, you're not going to put Seth in there with Roman. Absolutely not. 
Oh, hell no. No. At this point, you just want a quick match to get Roman in, get him a thousand days, get him the fuck out. At this point, and squashing a monster like Omas, just like Brock did. I get it. It is. The the, the Superman punch into the spear. Right? I got Brock. I got Brock. Who defended the Brock thing? Who I, I defended it, didn't I? All day. I said, if you don't get it, I don't get what you don't get. Like, you and I went back and forth. Nick and I went back and forth. And then Nick's like, oh, that was awesome. Yes, because he's just picking up the shark and flipping him. Roman is a waste of fucking time, dude. Especially, when, just do, do a nostalgic edge thing. Do a nostalgic Rey Mysterio thing if you're going to do something like that, a one-off, whatever. But keep going, dude. Yeah, I would say just if you're going to do it, just do the one-off then. Make it a quick fucking painless, quick and painless freaking experience. If Omos beats Seth, we're going to set we're going to Omos and Roman at. See? I agree with no, you, Justin. No, Tom I says, still think he's going yeah. to. I think I still think he's going to because again, this isn't gonna be something that's not leading Seth to face Roman. It's leading to Seth winning the world title. So you give him one more loss because after all he does is lose. You give him one more loss and then he goes into the tournament and slays it. Or he fucking smashes this monster's head into the ground three times, slays a dragon, then enters the tournament and slays it. I mean, either way. Like I said, I prefer it just being Seth going in, beating fucking Omos, and that's it. That's what I'm sticking with. I've seen, like I said, I've seen people throwing around the option of having Omos win and put him in there against Roman as a throw as a throwaway shit. Like just have a quick throwaway match. Roman hits a thousand days. We get the fuck out of Saudi. There you go. <sighs> again, if you do it, they fucking do it. I'd rather prefer it just be because again, I'm not going to give a shit if you do do the match. But at this point, I, again, I don't give a fuck about this match as it is. Yeah, but right. I'd rather Seth be the winner at this at this anyway because of course if he's going to be the one to win the world title you got to keep his momentum going strong here so I, I I'm going Seth with this one love it yeah every, you made a bunch of good points I just wanted to retort as we win because it's good conversation so I'm I'm with it there dude and uh, let's see Isaac says someone made a good point the real Triple H era will begin next week. Because he's finishing up the rest of the Vince era. Most of these shows are just fillers. To be honest, the real fun should start next week. We'll see. We'll see. I'm with it. I'm with that. I'm with that optimism for sure. And Isaac said Cody wins money in the bank, cashes it on Roman. We talked about that earlier. That that's a possibility. He wins it. Says I'm fighting you at SummerSlam. I think the story goes a year. I think it goes to forty. Because I don't think they got Rock coming in. I don't, and if you don't have Roman Rock. What's a bigger match than Roman Cody too? Cody goes through obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, keeps the fans invested because he keeps getting shit on. If you get a guy shit on, the fans will still be invested. So shit on Cody. Then Cody wins the Rumble. Cody beats Roman. Or I'm Roman. Still, I'm still, I don't get why freaking people said he needed the adversity. He built up enough for everybody to fucking say it. And hell, he's even been shitting on the people himself on the fucking show for all those people that said he needed fucking adversity. So you know what? I don't know why the fuck he needed that shit. Like, it, I don't get build it. Was there. It was the moment called for that night for the titles to change hands. There was no other reason why. And it's just like, again, I felt like that was WWE's way 
That was their out. That was their out was mania and they passed up on it and they're going to wait another whole year to possibly do it then. But now what are you going to do in that situation? Now you got a third world title now, like, which is why Roman's belts need to be combined, which they should have been combined first. Then they should have announced the world title on raw, which would have made it so much better or combine it. And said the universal title is going to be on raw. You know, whatever. I digress. De Niro says Omas versus Seth can be a great sleeper match. Seth can make Omas look like a million bucks and the story of him overcoming insurmountable odds and treason. I'm with it. Again, I'm an Omas sapien, just like Justin is. No, he ain't. But I (laughs) And I enjoyed the Brock match. I loved, loved the Braun Strowman match. And I think those are the only two. And the Bobby match. The Bobby match was fine, too. So, for what he is, I'm with it. This match should be fine. You know why? Because Seth Rollins could wrestle a fucking broomstick. Who wins? Seth Rollins. All day. And then Seth Rollins goes and wins the world title. I'm fucking screaming until it happens. Seth fucking Rollins. God damn it. He's going to win that world title. And Seth Rollins is going to win this match. He's going to beat the monster. Oh, Moss. Justin, let's keep Topic Battle Royal going in. Let's just go to it. Let's just go to it. Let's just go to Cody Rhodes with Brock Lesnar. I don't know what's going to be the main event. I assume since Brock's going to Puerto Rico, this should be the main event. Bad Buddy and Priest might be in the middle of the show. But this should be your backlash main event, folks. Brock Lesnar taking on the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Brock got the one up on him the night he said he was going to be his tag team partner. Beat the living hell out of him. Cody's been trying to get at him and trying to get at him. Cody finally stuck him this past weekend raw. Brock looks so cool. I think Devin referred to him as like the Brock Undertaker. It might have been De Niro. Undertaker Brock is what he was. He looks so sick. Cody has got to win this match. We talked about it. Adversity, adversity. Is it really the adversity if Cody goes and beats Brock in the first match? I don't know. But you can't carry this feud over. Brock's need, Brock needs to go away for a little bit. And Cody needs a big win. I, I'm just confused. I was kind of, I wish Bakley was here for the odds so I can make my prediction. But no, now I'm going to go with Cody. Cody's got to get a win. You can't have Brock beat him. Brock beating Cody does nothing for anybody. It does nothing for Brock. does nothing for Cody. It does nothing for the WWE. It does nothing for Cody's adversity story. Cody beats Brock, comes out on Raw, and says, I am challenging, or I'm, I am entering my name into the new world title tournament for Raw for that new beautiful fucking belt. Just like Miz has been talking about it, and Seth's been talking about it, and everyone else has been talking about it. Cody goes, that belt's mine. I'm going to win that belt. So Cody beats Brock clean. Then on Monday, comes out and announces his stake, a claim for the new WWE World Championship on Raw. Book it, Dano. That's how it's going down. Here's my, my my big take on this is, again, what's the fucking reasoning for this? The only thing we got out of this whole thing was Wade Barrett's explanation on fucking commentary on SmackDown was, oh, Brock jumped Cody because he's mad he went on first, which is a bunch of bullshit as far as I'm concerned. This whole fucking matchup as a whole, to me really just again I I don't get 
why Cody needed this. It it just didn't ha- need to happen because again, it's now obvious we're going down the Cena route with Cody, and that to me just again, Cody's not John Cena. He doesn't need to be going down the same copy paste route that John Cena went down to get twice in a lifetime. It just, I don't know. It's still just, again, the, the, the whole title situation at WrestleMania bugs the shit out of me. The whole Cody needed adversity when he clearly already had it in the whole buildup, the buildup had everybody ready for a title change and you freaking passed on it. So now we got to go through Cody fighting everybody to get to the situation And to me, it just worries me because you're putting Cody in a position where you're leaving it open for people to turn on him. And that, to me, just isn't my intrigue here. I just, I don't know. I feel like they missed the opportunity. And again, it's hard to just justify getting excited for this when you ain't got a reason as to why it happened. Again, Brock doing this still to me makes no sense. He literally had the opportunity to help Cody to fucking put his freaking, you know, Brock Lesnar ego aside, help Cody beat Roman to get Cody to Roman so he can beat him quicker. And that way he can challenge for the world titles like again. But now you have a title where he clearly can challenge for it. And it just I don't know. The whole thing just doesn't make any sense to me. But if, you know, if we're going with this whole adversity thing, you got to go Cody. Cody's got to win this. Keep him going to get to the to the end point here because his end game is finally winning that WWE title. And right now we got to get to that point. And then we're going to go through the adversity. Right, so, you know, so, when, so when and where? So we've kind of touched around. You've kind of touched around it. I've said we're going to the Rumble and it's going to be Mania 40. So yeah. for Cody, when and where Cody beats Brock, you said, does he come out and say, I want a stake in that raw championship? And how does he get screwed over? Because inevitably he's going to get screwed over, right? Possibly. I don't know. Like it's it's difficult now because you can have the, you could have had the Usos screw him over because they're still dedicated to Roman, but now we're still kind of in the middle of that story where we don't know what the fuck's going on with it. So actually, I don't think you can really inject him in the world title scene because if you do, then you're making it obvious that he's going to win the thing. And that just, to me, doesn't come off right. Because again, well, that's not- So you don't think like someone coming out and blatantly screwing him over. So like he is wrestling Finn Balor in the, the the quarterfinals or something or the semifinals and i don't know it's as simple as damian priest costing the match or you can't have that it needs to be someone big so who is someone big hypothetically that could cost him i don't know looking at the raw roster dude i really like i don't know who this man i don't know i don't know who he could feud with after the world title thing like who costs him and yeah, isaac isaac says drew and God damn, yeah, that's so then sure. And we we could do Drew, and and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Instead of Drew and Seth, we could have Seth and Finn and Drew and Cody. 
and then we go from Brock and Cody to Cody to the world title picture. Drew's pissed. Maybe Cody beats Drew in the quarters. And then Drew costs Cody in the semis against Finn. Thus, you know, getting a Cody and Drew feud going forward. That would be a good SummerSlam match. And then you just need something else to happen for Cody after Occupy a couple of months. I don't know. You know, so where do you think, do you think he's going to get this belt or no? I don't know. Like, this is the difficult part now. Because I don't know now. I don't have really any thoughts on how Cody wins anything at this point. I can't see him doing, like, I can't see him getting anything out of winning money in the bank and cashing it in the honorable way on Roman. And then he's going to fucking fail. And then we just be wasting money in the bank again. If he wins the rumble again, I just, I feel like we waited too long. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like we're in a position where, where, where we just kind of missed the mark here. We had the opera. We had the big opportunity here this year to pull the trigger and we didn't do it. And now we're going to do it again next year and actually do it. Like, I feel like you had the bigger opportunity this year and you're going to go with kind of the lesser opportunity next year. Like it just, it's so difficult. It's really difficult. And it's just, I, like I said, I, I feel like they had their way to get out of everything, straighten all these situations out. Each brand got a world title that made a lot of fucking sense. And at least with Cody, if he had won the WWE title and he was facing Brock Lesnar for the WWE title, it would have fucking made more sense because now Brock can challenge for the WWE title and not have to worry about it being on Roman anymore. Like, it just what? didn't make Which was the sense. fucking story. He can't yes. challenge Roman. Let Cody beat Roman and wrestle Cody for the belt at SummerSlam. Or Cody yeah. should have beat Roman in this fucking match. Yo, could you imagine Cody's the champ? Brock comes out, decimates him on Raw. There's your title match at Backlash. Roman right? goes away for four months. And even yeah. you can even give me Brock coming out there and giving that explanation. Literally beats the snot out of Cody, picks up a microphone, and you're just going probably just hovers over him and goes, You're probably wondering why I did this. You're probably you wondering. Why it. I did this. You don't even need it. He just picks up the mic and laughs and throws it down, dude. Right? We all know what the reason is right there. Everybody would know the reason. He couldn't challenge Roman. Now he can challenge for the titles. Like he's brought it just makes sense to me anymore fucking, dude uh the tag match made sense because of every how paul dicked him down so much it made mm -hmm. sense him turning on cody like it made sense because he's brock and he do what he wants but it did make no sense and again you heard my rant earlier i don't think vince is backstage pulling the fucking strings but surely i could see a scenario where Cody was supposed to win this match and Vince came in and ixnated it and said no. And this Brock Cody match was still supposed to happen. So they just said, why can't we run it? That's, there was that stupid report that this was in the books fucking for weeks now. And it's like, I don't believe that nonsense. This feels last minute. 
to be honest with you. This doesn't feel like you had this planned. Like you sat down and went, clearly Cody's going to lose at Mania. Oh. Two weeks later, like. Cody sat next to Triple H at the Hall of Fame. Why why sit him next to Triple H at the Hall of Fame if he ain't going to win the belt? Why have John Cena do the handshake and put him over if he wasn't going to win the belt? I just, I don't get it. It's baffling. And it's because Cody wanted to do his daddy's story. Yo, he had his own story. God damn it. I can't believe I'm going to repeat this again. He yes. went through Cody and he was dashing and he wore the mustache and he fucking was, should have won money in the bank that tagged him with Sandow and he got dicked down there and he fucking was stardust after he had maybe the best run of his career teaming with Dustin. And just like where he looked like he was about to go to the next level, leaves the company, wins a ton of bucks, starts the biggest, starts the biggest competition since WCW comes back. He fucking faces adversity. There was no, his adversity was getting offered a $500,000 contract and coming back to a $5 million contract. His adversity is hearing 78,000 people sing, whoa! Like, my my one main only fuck up they had still is the Royal Rumble. There was no, like, Cody should have entered anywhere from one, anywhere from one to ten. And, and that was, should have been one and two and then finish one and third, 29 and 30. He didn't right? have to be. He didn't even have to because that way, because if that was the case, Gunther wouldn't have got the longest time in a rumble. And I would have been fine. And I'm fine with Gunther being the longest time in the rumble. So that's yeah. why I'm saying Cody kind of enters. You could even say he enters three. He enters three because that way Gunther's before him and he's filling out more time, a little, little bit more time than Cody. But at that point, Gunther gets the longest time in the rumble. Cody enters earlier. Cody wins the rumble. We're not sitting here going, well, he just got a fucking handout and he entered at number 30. Like, again, he basically, after that, said, hey, I won the rumble and I'm going to get you guys fucking invested. You're going to completely just overlook the fact that I won at 30 and you're going to get invested. You're going to follow my story. You're going to want me to win these damn titles. And we all wanted him to win the fucking titles. We all except wanted me. him to win the fucking titles. Except for half and of our bloodline. Even like, still though, like we want a, a shit ton of people wanted it to happen. We were all ready for it to happen. Yes. It would have made, made sense, especially with a draft coming up. Story-wise, it made all the sense. All Cody would have done then is said, hey, I don't need both of these belts. Someone, just like I, he didn't even have to say, like, just like I did for the wrestling industry. Because, listen, if it wasn't for Cody Rhodes, and I, I've said it a thousand times, I solely put AEW on Cody Rhodes and Tony Khan's money, not the elite. Fuck the elite. If it wasn't for Cody Rhodes, the wrestling business would be in fucking shambles, in disarray right now. There's 150 people hired in that locker room in AEW right now. Plus what Tony's doing with ROH, he wouldn't have bought ROH. There would be no Tony Khan. It, what Cody did for wrestling will go back in time as one of the greatest things ever, all right? He, he occupied at least 175 people through COVID to now. And it's not him paying it. I know it's Tony Khan paying it. But again, if it wasn't for his business mind, there would be no AEW. He did it all, man. And Justin, you know, and anyone who listens to this show knows, 
I was not a Cody guy in AEW. In fact, I was the opposite. I said everything Cody did in AEW was dog shit. He, it was AEW in the Cody show. And the Cody show sucked. But sometimes guys are just better suited elsewhere. In the Cody show, it's the same perfect thing. drama for Monday Night Raw. Three hours of drama. Bring your drama, Cody. Right. I was in the same boat with you. I was not a Cody guy when in AEW. Like at first I was, but then I started to see through the whole fucking thing where it was just like, why, what, what, what is this? Why is this a thing? Like, what are we doing here? This right. is fucking ridiculous. This is over the top. Of course, Cody. And then eventually we all started going, well, of course, Cody's going to have these freaking overly booked fucking circus matches and all this other shit attached to it. And then it's just like, now he, it's like when he came back to WWE, I go, Low expectations. It's Cody. Look what he did in AEW. We're like, set your bar low. And this man fucking picked me right back up to being a Cody fan again. And I was ready for everything that that guy had coming for him. And when he won the fucking Rumble, I was ready for a new champion, new start. Because I honestly believe that if Cody had won that, this whole fucking product would have felt fresh. Because right now, the fucking product does not feel fresh. It feels fucking stagnant right now. If Cody had won those titles at freaking WrestleMania, the whole entire product gets a boost. It feels fresh. Now it just feels like we're sitting still, twiddling our fucking thumbs still, and nothing's happening. Everything feels stagnant. And it just, it's still, that's why it bugs me so much. Because everything just basically, again, even like Dom, like Dom said earlier, the story basically said, was right there. The ending was there. Right there. And then you could and he starts a new story when he wins the WWE title and now vacates the Universal to hold the WWE title to restart a new story. But no, we have to continue this for this over fucking exaggerated a thousand days. Like it's just it's nuts. It boggles my mind. But anyway, now that I got my pointless impression. <laughs> I, I got Cody on this one. I I just can't see Brock beating him, and Brock beating him doesn't do anything. I just got I, Cody's got to win this. Yeah, Brock needs to go away for a little bit. That was a fucking awesome rant, dude. Great stuff. First of all, faction cast KPG, go check it out. <laughs> dude, scissor me, baby. Thanks for tuning in. Brian Cook says the Brandy Rhodes Nightmare. Oh Jesus Christ, the Brian oh, Brandy God. Rhodes Nightmare oh, Collective. Oh, no. Awesome con. Scalping people. Don't even get me started. Stop it. Stop it. The only thing that came out of that was Luther. Luther's awesome. I love Luther. Luther choked my son <laughs> at a uh, meet and greet. It was awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. Anyway, Justin, this was my pick for the Battle Royal topic. We got five matches to go. Pick whatever you want. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Bloodline versus KO. Sammy and Riddle. Rhea Zelina. Bianca Io. Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed. I'm going to go with the Bad Bunny and Damian Priest stuff. I think, listen, I wanted, I was expecting tag match. They had Ray interjected in this whole thing. I figured, why not throw Santos in there? Because he's been involved with it. You get the three Judgment Day boys against Ray, Santos, and Bad Bunny. It would have been fine. I thought that match would have been fucking epic. 
But again, I'm not really mad with Damien Priest having his own one-on-one with Bad Bunny. Like, Damien Priest, to me, kind of feels like, yeah, he's been getting a lot of wins, but he still kind of feels like the like the third man here. He just kind of feels like the odd guy out because everybody else in Judgment Day just kind of gets the main focus here. It seems like like Finn gets thrown in these big fucking feuds. Like he just got off the one with Edge. Rhea got through with Charlotte. Now she's got this whole thing with Zelina. You got Dom still going on with his dad. Like Priest has just kind of been there, but now he's got a big kind of feud going on here with Bad Bunny. And I actually kind of like it. Like, again, I expected six-man tag two on two. But one-on-one, like, listen, I am loving Bad Bunny. I still, I love Bad Bunny. I think the guy is, he gives a shit about the business as well. He's like Logan Paul. He gives a shit about the business. He's a fan as well, which is fucking awesome. I, I'm looking forward to this. I do think Bad Bunny wins this, though. Like, again, I think Damian Priest has won a lot leading up to this but i think bad bunny's gonna get this i don't know why they made it a street fight because we've already seen that bad bunny can go in a regular wrestling match but again now you got the opportunity to interject the lwo to interject the judgment day and not have the match end in a fucking schmoz dq so i'm kind of so i'm actually looking forward to this here but i got bad bunny winning this one So, I, yeah, bro, I'm with you on everything you said, dude. Bad Bunny's got to get the win. He's in Puerto Rico, but specifically on what you said, Priest has felt like the fourth wheel in the stable for how long? Third fiddle to the men. They all feel second fiddle to Rhea. But lately, Priest has been in matches. He's been dominating Bad Bunny. He's been getting pinfall wins. The win on Ray on Raw, the dominating chokeslam win, huge for, for Priest. So, this guy, when Judgment Day started, he was the United States champion, or he just was coming off his United States championship run. He was like, I just protege. He was looked at as the future. No one looks at this guy as the future anymore because he's fourth fiddle in the Judgment Day. You, you hit it on the fucking head, brother. We all thought it was going to be a two-on-two, maybe a three-on-three in some capacity. But Priest getting the one-on-one shine, it's like wrestling Lawrence Taylor. Bam Bam gets the shine. And you said it about Bad Bunny. He loves the industry. The dude comes in and he works. He works so hard. I have so much respect for Bad Bunny and everything that he does for the wrestling industry. And him just being there puts good um, pub on the WWE, so I'm with it. Bad Bunny gets the win in Puerto Rico for sure. Great, great boost for Damian Priest, even in a loss, because Judgment Day is going to come out and talk their shit. Judgment Day has been getting start of the segments on Raw, main events on Raw. They've been on SmackDown. I know, obviously, with the brand split that's going to end, but the Judgment Day has been very important lately, and not just Rhea. The men love to see it, love to see Priest's increased role. But it's Bad Bunny all day. And then Justin, like I said, Finn goes into the world title picture. 
Bad Bunny, not Bad Bunny, Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio go into the Raw tag team title picture. And, and I'm I'm all with it. Isaac says he wants to see a Canadian destroyer off the apron through a flaming table. Damn. Isaac's with it. Isaac, set that up on your 2K23. See what you can do. Some spicy shit right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Let's see. We'll break this one down, too. This will be the one I'll bring up. So we got the bloodline. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Matt Riddle. I'm talking about the Judgment Day, starting shows, finishing shows. You want to talk about the story that's starting every show, finishing every show, and starting SmackDown, finishing SmackDown. This man, Solo Sokoa, is involved in everything, everything. If you go on the if you go on BloodlineNetwork.com, check out your boys' WWE Power Rankings. Solo Sokoa went from, I started at WrestleMania, not ranked, just being in Roman's corner, all the way up to number five. Like, it's fucking crazy. This man is in every single important segment to start the show, to finish the show on both Raw and SmackDown. The Usos, same goes to them. They lost the tag titles. They were at, like, number 13, all the way back to number four. KO and Sammy, number one, like, the whole time. They're all over the fucking place. And Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle, since returning, has been on both shows every single week since his return. Not many people, not many men or women get featured on both shows weekly. So this story has been going on both shows. Of course, Bloodline versus KO and Sammy. Matt Riddle's getting a ton of time. The match is going to bang. I'm over it, though. I'm glad that it's done. I'm glad we're going our separate ways. We're going one way on Raw. KO, Sammy, and Riddle are going one way. I like KO and Riddle's interactions. They make me laugh. Riddle does seem annoying as fuck. KO kills me. It's like how I would look at Riddle. Like, just shut up, bro. Like, I'll smoke with you all night. But, like, just shut the fuck up already. God damn, you're annoying. But, um... I'm looking forward to them going their second separate ways. Oh, Roman's going to look down on Bloodline if they don't win. I want to say the team of KO, Sammy, and Riddle get the win. But ultimately, Solo Sokoa spikes Riddle's ass and his momentum continues. I got the Bloodline. Justin? See, I, I'm with you with the whole I'm kind of over this right now because I don't really know where – any of the, the bloodline stuff's going at this point. I just don't see a direction where we're going. Clearly, we're doing this whole right now. Like, you could see the whole discourse with Roman being pissed at the Usos thing. But you can't really build anything off of that story when Roman's not fucking here. It's difficult to really tell a story here. Honestly, I got Owen, Zane, and Riddle winning this. Solo doesn't have to be the one eating the pin. One of the Usos is going to eat the pin here. Owens, Zane, and Riddle are going to get the win here. And again, that's Usos getting the pin. Roman gets pissed off at the Moore, so that kind of continues that whole situation. Solo doesn't have to eat it, like actually eat the pin. So it's not like he's losing. He's on the losing end, but he's not actually the one getting pinned, which is a good. Not it's not going to weaken him up there, right. so you kind of are continuing the story a little bit on the bloodline side. But I'm glad we're wrapping this up too because like it's just been kind of repetitive every week. It's the same fucking thing where it's solo lays out everybody. It turns into a giant brawl. Like it kind of needs to go. The end of Ross, it just like mm-hmm. cut. 
Like, and I was down with Attitude Era Monday Night Nitro, WCW Monday Nitro. Oh, my God. DDP and Sting, they hit the ring. Holy shit, folks. Oh, we're going out there. But, like, that was so quick. We didn't even get that, like, boost or that exactly. first fight. It was just done. Yeah, like, yeah um, I, I do think Owen, Zayn, and Riddle get this, though. You make a very compelling point. I can see it. Usos are definitely like on their way down as far as like to the tribal chief, which is why I think that they're going to get to the finals of that tag team tournament that they don't even have announced yet and lose to probably the street profits, the OC. It should be the OC, damn it. But it'll probably be the street profits, which I'm fine with. I'm more than fine with. Um, that was my turn. So let's go back to you. Three matches only. Rhea Zelina, Bianca Ia, Bianca EO, and the United States Championship match. Um, let's do the U.S. title. Okay. All right. So I think this match is gonna fucking slap. First off, I can't wait. Like this shit's I, Austin Theory is fantastic. Bobby Lashley is fucking awesome. Bronson Reed, my God, I want that guy to absolutely just fucking terror, like just wreck shit right now. And I'm telling you, if we can get him. To, to face Gunther for the IC title mm. on Monday Raw, dude, that fucking feud would be fucking nuts. Mm. I wanted Bronson Reed to win this match, the U.S. title, so bad, but he got drafted to Raw, so now you're basically down to 50-50 here. Now I got Theory retaining here. Like Again, I think Theory's reign really hasn't done that much anymore. Like, Theory isn't really, you know, everybody was like, it's a brand new theory. It's a brand new theory. All he did was put his phone down. He's still Austin. He's still the same Austin theory, basically. He's not really, his U.S. title runs just kind of been mediocre at best. Like, it's cool that he's held on to it for a long time. But other than that, he hasn't really done much with it yet. That's why I kind of originally was saying like when Gunther's had the IC title up here, Theory's got the US title like here to me, so it's just like uh, I I think Theory retains because I think we're going to get somebody else beating him, who that's going to be, I'm not 100% sure yet but I think it's time we finally you know Theory retains. We get Lashley the fuck out of the mid card. Why the fuck is Bobby Lashley still floating around the United States title? Bronson Reed gets to move over to Monday Night Raw. Hopefully we get him and Gunther in a a feud at some point or even just a match with each other. But I just think we got something else planned for Theory. Somebody else to beat Theory. So I think I got Theory winning this one. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Isaac says Theory is going to capitalize after Lashley and Reed take each other out. And he would turn Knight face and put the belt on him. So, yes, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed. This match is going to bang. You want to talk about bangers and slappers? My God, dude. Bobby, meaty, Austin Theory underrated meaty dude bronson reed (laughs) meaty so these guys are gonna bang hard and it's gonna be awesome but austin theory dude ain't no fucking thing austin theory wins this match a hundred and ten percent from there 
Where does he go? So Bronson Reed goes to Raw. He's really going to need to establish himself. He really is. We're going to have to pick up a feud for him right away. Who that feud is, I don't know. Maybe the maybe it's Johnny Gargano. Maybe it's some like index thing. He fucks around with them a little bit. Smashes Johnny. Smashes Dexter. Goes on to Gunther. Maybe we do that. Um, maybe we get Bronson Reed and Shinsuke Nakamura down the road. That's something I would totally be down to fuck around with. Um, Bobby. Bobby's first feud after this should be LA Knight. Should be a quick month or two feud. We have to remember that he was supposed to fight Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt wasn't even drafted. Supposedly to the dirt sheet writers again. Fuck the dirt sheets. Bray Wyatt is a new creative writer, whatever that means. At this point, God, I know Isaac, you're going to say, tell me to fuck off. At this point, just get, who cares, dude? I'm over it. I'm done. I was so ex- exuberated when he came back. We did the fucking watch along. If you watched us, like, I was, like, fucking almost in tears, dude. Like, I was so ecstatic. For what? For what? We got no answers. We got nothing in 10 months. And I ain't even talking about whatever's been going on the last six weeks, two months. I'm talking about everything that happened up until then. We got literally no answers. So, I don't give a fuck. I don't want Bobby wasting away in that motherfucker in a feud with him. So I want Bobby to go on and beat LA Knight right after this. And then I want Bobby in the tribal chief at WrestleMania or at SummerSlam. I want Bobby in the tribal chief at SummerSlam. You have Roman in, in styles. Now that's what he does. And then you build to Bobby and Roman at SummerSlam, and that's what you do, damn it. That is what you do because Bobby Lashley deserves it. And for Austin Theory, it's what we talked about earlier. It's Santos Escobar. Escobar, in theory, is the feud. Maybe Escobar doesn't win, but you have that for a couple of months. And then you got guys like Grayson Waller down there. You got uh, LA Knight there. I'm all in. You can do whatever you want. And even if you want to play hot potato with the belt, you play hot potato with that U.S. title because that SmackDown mid-card is so dope. And, yeah, Isaac says he doesn't know what happened with this boy. He hopes to God he can get back on track. And then and Lashley and Roman, hell yes. That should be your SummerSlam main event. Roman Lashley, that sells out. You have Cody against Drew. You have Seth versus Balor. Let's go. Now we're talking on SummerSlam. And you got the women. You got Charlotte and Bianca, and you got Becky against Rhea. That, that is a SummerSlam, okay? And Justin, we only got two more matches, so we might as well just finish it up. They're the women's matches. They'll probably go pretty quick. I'll go with this one. I care about this one a little bit more than I care about the other one. Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega has been looking incredible lately both with her little moves in the ring, her little sass. I like her as a face, sassy face. But, dude, come on. Come on. Rhea's on Raw. LWO's going to SmackDown. Rhea would beat this woman with one leg. Rhea Ripley. (laughs) I'm going to say this. I fucking love Zelina Vega. I mean that. I love Zelina Vega. Like, she is, like, like I said, she is incredibly underrated to me. She's fantastic in ring. I like, I really like her. And I, I'm, I'm glad we're starting to see more of her in the ring. Rhea Ripley, that's mommy, man. She is fucking, like, to me, honestly, she is past Judgment Day at this point. 
she needs to go out on her own. Like she's that character she has at this point has put her above judgment day. My whole thing with, you know, the whole swapping titles to different brands thing. I thought again, now we have, I almost thought it kind of felt a little obvious that you got to put the title on Zelina because you got to get these brand exclusive titles back. But like, are we really going to cut Rhea Ripley's title reign short because of freaking wrong branded titles right now? No, at this point, you take these two titles. Like I said, I think you take the two women's titles and you make them non-brand exclusive. So that way, eventually, when we come down to having to do this again, because we know we're going to eventually going to have to do this all over again, at least the women's titles swapping shows makes more sense it's not like hey we got a raw title on smackdown and smackdown's title on raw at least if you had them as a women's championship and a women's world title you can swap them between shows and it's not as fucking confusing the entire time i think this is our lead up to that which would be great so but ria's got to retain here too soon to take the title off of her it, like I said, it's cool Zelina Vega's getting this moment in Puerto Rico. Again, I wish she'd have done more to actually earn this opportunity instead of just saying, hey, we're going to be in Puerto Rico. Throw Zelina Vega out there. But again, glad she's wrestling more often. I think this match should be really fucking good. I really, really underrated. And, but I, but you got to go Rhea Ripley here. Too soon to take the title off. Her. Yeah, and she was the queen of the ring. You got to remember, she beat Piper Niven in like two minutes, which is crazy as all hell. Selena is vastly underrated. I think she's a better manager than Russell, a wrestler, but damn, that woman can move in the ring. And I'm looking forward to this match. It's going to be a very good match. And after WrestleMania, you need filler feuds. Throughout the year, you need filler feuds. You have big shows like WrestleMania, anything they do in Saudi Arabia, SummerSlam, Money in the Bank. Royal Rumble. You need bigger profile matches for that. But a WrestleMania backlash, Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega is a perfect filler title program. I love it. Isaac, yeah, this is fantasy. Keep it on your WWE 2K for sure. He says, Andrade <laughs> returning and revealing himself as the leader of the LWO would be amazing. Andrade and Escobar feud would be money. Now that part, I agree with. I will say, I will say this, though. Um, Santos Escobar is everything Andrade wishes he could be plus more, so is Rouge. I've I've watched these guys over the last few years, Rouge, Santos, Andrade, and I thought Andrade was everything in a bag of chips plus more. Dude, Rouge and Santos, they're they're better. As an angry competitor, I've well, I thought Santos Escobar is fucking awesome. But then I watched an interview he I listened to an interview he did on Xbox's old podcast. Before that went away. And dude, his fucking story is fucking awesome. Like, if you don't if you like him as a wrestler, you'll like him as a person when you listen to that interview. So it's worth listening to. And he's he was so dope in NXT when he came in as a any masked luchador who comes in with no personality, no one likes. He then took that mask off and revealed himself as the leader of Legato. Dude, goosebumps thinking about it right now. Oh, and then the music hits. 
I like the new LWO music, but I like the legato. 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 All right, no one wants to hear me say All right, let's go. Uh, let's move it on. So for you, though, Rhea Ripley, uh, Becky Lynch, SummerSlam, is that where you want to go? Dude, if we haven't, it's never happened. It's been a long, it's only happened once, and that was in NXT during the build-up to Survivor Series. Give me Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch. You already fucking teased it. You already fucking teased it multiple times. Give it to us already. Let's do it. Let's do it. And let's go to the SmackDown side of things. The Women's Championship, both on SmackDown now. Bianca Belair versus representing Damage Control, EO Sky. I can't wait to get EO's music on a pay-per-view. EO getting a one-on-one match on a PLE. Sorry, Devin, on a PLE. That's huge. That is so (laughs) huge. This match is going to bang in the ring for sure. I mean, come on. Do I have any vested interest as far as who's going to win? Nah, Bakley was here and we were doing odds. Bianca would be minus 10,000. There is zero chance in hell Bianca loses this belt. But the match in ring will be a lot of fun. Story-wise, for me, it's all about getting to Bianca versus Charlotte. So as I said earlier, Bianca versus Asuka will occupy the time from now until SummerSlam, where it will be Bianca versus Charlotte. And this just will continue the breakup of damage control. I do like Bailey and Dakota going for those tag belts as it's different, but I do think those tag belts for the women are predominantly going to be on the raw side of things. As we talked about earlier, Bianca wins. Let's get some turmoil within damage control as at the end of the day, they kind of shit the bed with that faction. It, uh, it's, it's event. That's right. I got you, my brother. Yes, sir. It, it's weird. Cause they kind of like, Seems like they kind of stopped with the whole tension between damage control thing. And like my my thing is this. I think you can get away with EO beating Bianca here. Ooh. Like, not going, like I think you can make this worthwhile. Bianca, I think you have EO, you can have EO beat Bianca and have that women's championship be the catalyst to encourage more of the damage control breakup. When you have EO holding the title, Bailey gets jealous that she could never get the job done, but EO could Dakota's on the side going, I'm just here. Like, I don't know what the hell to do. Like, don't, I don't know if I should be involved in this. And it's just like, you're involved in this now. Damage control splits. We get a damage, X damage control triple threat for the women's title. Like, I think you go with EO here to kind of push more into the, the eventual split. It plays more into the split. And I think you go with that decision because... Honestly, Bianca's done what she's needed to do here with this women's title. Like, we all expected her to beat Asuka. Like, we all expected her to lose to Asuka, I should say. Mm-hmm. She didn't. Well, hell, now I think you pull the trigger because now you see EO where everybody's like, okay, EO's getting her own one-on-one opportunity and we're splitting the titles up a little bit. 
and we're kind of like we're we're kind of splitting up the fact like damage control as a whole here. Well, why don't we just kind of you know throw something in the middle here? This is the big thing. Bailey looks at EO, and it's like I'm so proud of you for winning the women's title, but deep down inside, it's eating at her. Like, like eating at her the whole time. Like I had multiple opportunities, and I couldn't get the job done, but she gets it done on her first opportunity. Like. That's a pretty damn good, interesting way to kind of lead to a big split like that. Mmm. Mmm. Damn, bro. You have one of the juiciest predictions for last. So you're going with EO. I'm going EO. I am going EO. Wow. Damn. And then I dig it, and Isaac digs it. EO versus Dakota versus Bailey at SummerSlam would be fire. And we could get that EO versus Asuka feud that we've wanted with a one-on-one feud. Oof. I want it. Does everything you say sound awesome and gives Bianca some time off and then Bianca could even come back and wrestle Charlotte without the belts on the line? Sure. Do I think it's going to happen? Hell no. This woman just went WrestleMania to WrestleMania. She is the... (laughs) Tribal chief of the women's division. There is no <laughs> chance in hell Bianca is losing that belt to EO. It's a filler feud. I'm here for it. Um, causes a little more dissension within damage control, but it's 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 Bianca all day. But I love I love your story that you told with it. I do. I do. All right, brother. We did the draft. We talked about the new WWE Raw title. We talked about backlash. Do you have anything else that you want to get at before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, no. I think we basically covered everything. Like you said, we pretty much basically threw everything in one giant ball when it came to talking about titles, who we wanted to see here, like who we wanted to see win championships and everything else. It's just like we jumbled that in one giant ball. We got this covered. Yeah, man, it's a hell of a time to be a WWE fan. Like I said, we've never just done a WWE topic battle royal. We've done prediction shows for WWE. Um, but it had to be a specific WWE topic battle royal night. There's a new title. There's the draft. you got backlash right around the corner. They're, with the draft, it's so exciting because there's so many things that are mixed and match. New feuds here, new programs here, Imperium, Judgment Day. Who's going to be the new Raw champion? What's going to happen with Cody and Brock? God, it's a, I always say it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, but it's a great time to be a WWE fan, which is why I tell all you people who are out there complaining and bitching. Vince is in charge. Vince is doing this. Vince is ruining this. Just stop, relax, sit back, and enjoy the show. Because if Vince is putting on the product right now in WWE, then you better commend him. Because WWE is doing a fucking fantastic job with everything that they're doing. And I don't hear very many people complaining about it. So, And I call everything right fucking smack dab down the middle. So if I didn't like it, I would fucking tell you I didn't like it. They're on their A game with everything. So, Justin, my dude, we out. Where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter if you see it on the screen. But if you can't see it on the screen, I'm going to tell you right now. At JustinTime211, capital J, capital I, capital T, only on Twitter as well. Follow my co-host, my brother, at Jeremy in Time 721 In Time Wrestling Podcast, yes, it has been on a very long hiatus. And yet, and I'm going to tell you again, there is no like definite return date yet. But I'm going to tell you every time, the show will be back. 
and I mean that a thousand percent, the show will be back. Like right now, I like I said, I, I have to thank you for having me on here again. You know, I've been going through some crazy shit right now, and again, I don't even know how if this might even be my last time on your show for a little while until I figure out what the fuck's going on with all this shit. But I had to. If I had to, if it's going to be like an opportunity where I, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be on another show after this, I might as well go out with a fucking bang and go out on your show at this point, you know, bangers and slappers all the time, hands down. So, but again, find our pod, find my podcast, give the, give the in time wrestling podcast a little listen. I've actually been keeping track of the statistics and everything that what the hell's been going on. I've actually been getting a lot of listens, even without the show pumping out new episodes which is surprising to me. But again, if you haven't listened to the show, find it, give it a listen. That way you know what you're in store for because there's a lot of laughs, a lot of good stuff, a lot of ranting. So it's a jumbled freaking mess, but damn, we have some fun doing it. And that's why I love bringing them on. Not only Justin, but Jeremy as well. They're fucking awesome. I heard them going back and forth and I'm just like, you know, I love Jeremy, but I'm like, who is this Peter Griffin sounding motherfucker going back and forth with Justin? And you don't get to see the face when you listen to audio. So I'm sitting there listening to this shit, and I'm like, all right. And then I see Jeremy, and I'm like, oh, this is gold, baby. And as you know, you watch the Tim King show. I always just say it ain't just about me. I'm always bringing my boys on. I love the guys from the In Time Wrestling Podcast. Justin and Jeremy are fantastic. Definitely go and check out the In Time Wrestling Podcast as they've done great stuff. Just a small, just a small, just a small hiatus. And like Justin said, you can always find them right here on the Tim King Show. And for everyone tonight who tuned in, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for watching live. For those of you who are going to go back and watch the replay, thank you so much for watching the replay. Everyone who commented, chat was live. The chat was popping tonight. Thank you guys so much for all the comments. You don't know how much it, it means to me. It means so very much. But again, please hit that like button. Go back Super to other videos. Hit that like button. We have so much great stuff right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, me. Oh, God, I'll be back. I'm sure you guys are sick of me at this point. I'm sick of myself. But we'll be doing an AEW Dynamite review show as we do every single week. Be dropping tomorrow night. Plus, we got the MMA show kicking it tomorrow night as well. So keep it here for that Thursday night. Big, 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 big night. Thursday night, we are going to be on the Wrestle Bread podcast with your host, JD. She's going to be hosting her Bloodline Brothers for a WWE Backlash preview. I cannot wait. Friday, Top Rope Wrestling Talk is always. And on Saturday night, Saturday night, what do we got? We got WWE Backlash. So what is the bloodline doing? Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. But who gives a fuck? Again, you guys are probably sick of me. You're going to get to see my bloodline brothers and my bloodline sister. I know Devin and Ivan and De Niro and JD are going to be doing their thing for the WWE Backlash watch along. So please Get on here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network on YouTube or on Twitch. Hit that like while you're here. Hit that subscribe button. And hit that alert button. So every damn time we go live or we release a new video, you know it's alerted. So hit that like. Hit that subscribe. And the last thing is, what do I always say? The website. The website. BloodlineNetwork.com. Sports. 
wrestling, entertainment, our videos, our audio, everything you need all under one roof. And if you're a fantasy football fan, if you're a fantasy baseball fan, get there. We have so much great fantasy stuff as well because our sports department is killing it. Sports, wrestling, entertainment, our audio, our videos, bloodlinenetwork.com. Again, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button to everyone who watched, to everyone who will listen. Thank you so much. And I'm your boy, TK. You can find me at the Tim King Show. All major social media platforms. My boy's already got his one up. I'll go ahead and throw my one up. Thank you all again so much. I greatly appreciate it. Justin, thank you. We. Thank you. Peace.